Matt's a cunt one too. <laughs> testy, testy, court's a bit testy tonight. Matt deserves to be face raped by a fucking alien. Whoa. Test one, two. Oh, holy shit. That escalated quickly. That needs to ram its opositor down his throat and lay his eggs in his fucking chest. One, two. Tell you about the face hugger. If anything, that thing's making sweet love to faces. Shoot some fucking ropes. Exactly. It's called a face <laughs> hugger, not a face raper. I think they should have been calling it a face raper. That would have been the best. It is putting a baby in you against your will. <laughs> <laughs> well, they could have called it a Republican. The Republican would be like uh, Paul Reiser's character where he's trying to make you keep it for his own men. <laughs> from aliens. That's right. There you go. Oh, the Whalen Corporation, the yeah. equivalent of the GOP. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, let's get this fucking fifth movie over with. I can't take it. <laughs> God almighty, this is one too many. <sighs> this, is, this has been four too many in the death wishes. <laughs> yeah, but the only one that's worthwhile to me is three. <laughs> Anyone who isn't dead or from another plane of existence would do well to cover their ears right about now. Garbage people. Cinema Psyops. My personal view is that it's nauseating, disgusting, degrading, ghastly, steamy, cruelly and pyrolistic and generally nauseating. They are unbelievably nauseating. They are the antithesis of humankind. I regard them as disgusting, nasty, horrible, without any kind of merit. I just do not believe that any allegedly cultural activity which strikes at the roots of culture is to be applauded. They represent nothing, to my mind, enduring, decent, or worthwhile. I just do not believe that they contribute anything worthwhile to inflict themselves upon society at large. I would like to see somebody very, very large, exceedingly deep hole and drop the whole bloody lot down it. You know, I think uh, the whole world will be vastly improved by their total and utter non-existence. Cinema Psyops with Hawks and Matt. Hey, Pally, I think I've had enough of this series already. Why are they making me still do this movie? I don't care if the budget was $5 million and I got paid all $5 million of it. I don't even know how that shit works, but that's what happened. And when you're tired of having to deal with this stuff and you just need somebody else to fill in your spot, you always need another me. What's up, me? Hey, Pally, I'm wanting to retire from these goddamn movies. Can I maybe have a family member or a loved one who doesn't have something violent happen to him? It's almost like the universe is out to get me, Pally. Hey, you know you know what happens when you date a cursey? No dice. <laughs> no dice. <laughs> he ends up having to jack off because y'all get taken from him. You ever seen one of these before, Warren? You know what this is? It's a machine for jacking off. <laughs> Anybody who would watch Death Wish 5 willingly, his knife is his penis. Yeah. <laughs> His penis is his knife. His penis is his knife. But at least this is about fashion, Pally. It wasn't that bad. I'm, I'm fucking around. Hey. I, I mean, it was bad. Listen, <laughs> you can tell it's an 80s movie because we have a... Up, nope. Only one not made in the 80s. Really? This is a 90? Yep. It must have been still close enough to the 80s because they have a, a whole thing of acid for no reason in a clothing store, Pally. The vat of acid? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll get to yeah, that. Look, I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> I highly doubt at any clothes place where they make clothes 
there's a vat of acid. There's a few things. There's a, I can probably count on one hand that's currently not masturbating. <laughs> the number of things that I... see hands. What's going on? <laughs> I have three. You have three hands? Yeah. Wow, that's something you'd think I would know after all these years. <laughs> I got me a quato growing. I'm just telling you, man. <laughs> he does all the work now. This is what I like about our friendship. Knowing you, you learn something new every day about you, about a person, about who you are. Oh, God, I shouldn't have joked about having a quato because now it's going to get photoshopped. Oh, that's going to be photoshopped. <laughs> like, it's going to be like Quato's going to be your face. And <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> well, it probably wasn't going to be, but now it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like I want this stuff to happen. Yeah, I think yeah. you kind of do. No, there's a few things. Like I said, you can count it on pretty much one hand that's currently not masturbating. Yeah. The number of things that are enjoyable in Death Wish 5. Uh-huh. And, and the vat of acids, one of them. Well, okay. So maybe that would go to the second hand. Oh. So you I extend mean, your what, pinky out to count it, that one. Well, like you're classy. Th- now you're being classy. That's... <laughs> That's being a gentleman while you crank your yank. <laughs> Jack your lumber to, to bring it back to when we were making fun of hipsters for having beards like That's lumberjacks right. yeah, yeah. without jacking the lumber. Well, yeah, you have to make sure you have a beard and you're wearing flannel at the time. Yeah. Yeah. If you cut the sleeves off, then you can be like a Hessian metalhead in the yeah. 90s. Keep your boots on, too, while you're doing it. <laughs> Why would you have sex with all of your clothes on? Just no pants. What kind of weird kinky shit are you into? <laughs> Some weird fucking shit, bro. Apparently. You don't even know. <laughs> just I, I just take it out of the zipper. That's it. <laughs> how the chafing alone. Uh huh. <laughs> the possibility of pubic hair getting pulled out. Oh yeah. That's if, if it's not pre-shaved. That, well, I mean, you know, <laughs> wax that shit. <laughs> well, I'm thoroughly grossed out. While I'm busy vomiting from all of this imagery, we're going to take another break here we'll play a promo for another podcast we'll have a little bit of music that is as close to fitting for death wish 5 as i could come up with <laughs> what are you looking for on this one i i don't know vengeance like- and when we come back we will have the trailer from death wish 5 hello this is rod barnett the host of the bloody pit the podcast about eclectic film from across the decade. On The Bloody Pit, we've covered Godzilla movies, Doctor Who movies starring Peter Cushing, The Outer Limits, Fu Manchu, Doc Savage, old radio shows, my favorite movies of all time, a Lucio Fulci film or two, 1970s science fiction movies, and a long series on the films of Italian maestro Antonio Margheriti. So if you're curious to learn a little bit about some of the stranger areas of cult film and television, join me and my rotating group of co-hosts on The Bloody Pit. You might even learn something about Coffin Joe. And that's scary, people. Very scary.
right, a little bit of music from the addicts. Yeah, yeah. As in what Matt is, an addict. I am. <laughs> very true. The song, Organized Confusion. It's organized crime. The plot line is confusion. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I was generally confused watching Death Wish 5. I'm going to do my best to try and explain what's going on in that episode for you. Yeah, the wish to be more Death Wishier. I'm going to call Death Wish. I know it's the face of death, but... <laughs> I like the get more deathier, wishier. More deathy. More wishy. <laughs> deathier, wishier. More wishy-washy. <laughs> Speaking of wishy-washy, yeah? here's the trailer. Ah! In the world of glamour and high fashion, a new crime syndicate is taking over. Peekaboo. I watched this guy coming up through the Irish gangs, and now he's ruthless. He's infiltrated every aspect of my business. Their methods are brutal. Promise me if anything should happen to me, he'll take care of Chelsea. Olivia! The one thing they didn't count on was an enemy who wouldn't back down. You know, these people, they steal, they murder, destroy people's lives, and get away with it. Percy's no amateur. You've got a problem. Charles Bronson is back. I'm coming for you, O'Shea. And this time, he's not leaving until his wish is their command. No judge, no jury, no appeal, and no deals. Let the cops take these guys down. Sometimes the law works. And sometimes it doesn't. It's showtime. It's history. Where's the girl? Bronson. Guns make you nervous. Death Wish. Charles Bronson. <sighs> Death Wish. That's right. We're doing this again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So after opening on red credits over top of a black screen, which lasts for over about three minutes. Wow. You're really going into the notes here. Yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> you were going into the. That's. Uh, I was pissed. The, yeah. Yeah. It was about a three minute long introduction of something yeah. that we didn't need three minutes long to be introduced to. It, it felt like it. Yeah. It felt. I might have only been like a full minute. I didn't actually time it. But... Oh, I don't. I was going off three minutes because to me, it felt like a fucking hour a black black screen red credits yeah not padding out the film already are we no yeah right yeah, yeah. that's it's classy <laughs> when john carpenter does it with the music he's setting it up like an overture yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, when, it's different when, when manheim golem does it because his company that he made that happened after he and globus split and i can't remember which one is which and it doesn't really matter they're kind of interchangeable to me but the two guys behind canon had a fight canon split up and then this guy went and made his own film company uh-huh. made a bunch of box office flops. Oh, well, of course. No one gave a shit about any of the stuff that he was doing with his new company because they were super low budget, basically going direct to video. Uh-huh. And so he goes back to the well and says, you know what? Bronson's still breathing. Let's make a death wish. Hey, Bronson, how you doing? Hey, Bali, the liver is not so good. The kidneys, they're failing as well. I don't think I can feel my right leg anymore. Why? I need you to be cursy again. I'm back at it, Pally. Five million. 
five million. Cash you, on the barrel head. You got it. All right, Pally. Let me drag my ass out of bed. And from what I've read, I read up on the film. The behind the scenes stuff is way more interesting than the movie itself okay. to me. Uh, this movie also caused that particular friendship between Bronson and whichever one it was, Golan or Globus. Yeah. They had a falling out too, and they stopped speaking to each other during the filming. Well, that's going to be comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. So why is this film a fucking hot dumpster fire mess? Probably because the director and the lead actor. It wasn't the, dire- the, the, the director. The producer. Uh, the, 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 the producer. Yeah. Because the producer and lead actor won't talk to one another. <laughs> and they had to throw messages through a director. Oh, God. Can you imagine? You worked your whole life to be a director. You're finally going to direct a film. Uh-huh. And yes, it's Death Wish 5, but at least it's Bronson. You're like, wow, I'm finally going to get to direct something. And then With all, Charles Bronson, with no Charles less. Charles Bronson. And all you actually become is a glorified note passer in school. Well, you're not even that. You're the guy who has to be like, Bronson's like, Listen, Pally, you tell that son of a bitch that I'm not working for less than six million now. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other guy's like, well, you tell that son of a bitch that I'm not paying him six million. The contract is for five and that's all he's being paid. And then meanwhile, you're just sitting there going, fuck my life. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a fun. I wonder if that director even showed up to the premiere. He's probably just like, nope, go fuck yourself. There wasn't a premiere. This was straight to uh, video. Yeah. It, yeah, I had to have been. You're right. I don't think this ever saw a theater. Yeah. All right. So after that gloriously long black screen red credit sequence, the film finally cuts to the behind the scenes of a fashion show with our first legitimate non-rapified nudity in I the s- entire fucking series. That's what I said. I was like, oh my God, did we just see our... Fr-? Like, I waited. I was like, I'm not going to celebrate because you never know. <laughs> you never know. It's you never know if, like All of a sudden there's going to be a group of savages just break in and start raping and killing everybody. <laughs> you missed it. Ten minutes after you left, some group of savages broke in and just started raping everybody. <laughs> and here you are celebrating about seeing some boobs and then everyone got assaulted <laughs> yeah that's it, it's a death wish movie you but, just but never you, know so I, I was like oh oh wow and i'm like wait no i'm like oh my god is people gonna bust in i'm like no there's there's way too many people no one no one i go well wait a minute this, <laughs> this is, is the final death wish movie with curzy we, we i mean oh my god this could be really bad <laughs> but no we get what not one but two shots of yeah. like quickly exposed breasts that yeah. are then covered up as the girls are changing yeah so thank you movie doubly yeah. so and also well if you go one for each breast then thank you thank, thank you, you thank, thank you, you thank you Thank you. Yeah, Thank wait, you that's movie. five. Now you know my fetish. <laughs> All right, so they cut away from this nudity to Paul walking down the street in what is supposed to be a very chilly Manhattan, but is very clearly a very chilly Canadian city, probably Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> if you look very closely down the alley, you'll find the toxic waste and Jason Voorhees. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> from when he's taken Manhattan at Jason? the same time. He notices that there are some thugs getting out of a limo, and they're all kind of crawling out of the back of this limo and heading towards this fashion show. And it turns out that the thugs and Paul Kersey are there at the exact same fucking fashion show. Yes. What are the odds? Um, well, considering this is definitely a wish movie, right now if I'm like, hey Paul, if he's like, hey Matt, you're my new best friend, I'd be like, oh fuck, no, I'm out of here, Paul, I gotta go. And so the fashion show kicks off, and I'm tired of taking notes about this movie already, (laughs) so that's our next clip. Yes! I'm so happy to see you all, and to welcome you to my 10th annual Springline Collection. I'm proud to announce that 50% of the proceeds from tonight's show will go to the New York Save the Children's Foundation. Now, fasten your seatbelts and on with the show! Mr. O'Shea, hey! Chicken, say shit. Shit. There you go. Hi! So, yeah, take Chicken downstairs at the factory. Tommy, don't let Big Al leave till I see him. What do you say? Let's go, Chicken. Hey, Strokes, come on, come on. 
I love it. You should be ready. There she is. Tommy, you shouldn't be here today. It's bad for my company. Maxine, wait for me in the limo. Max! You, wait, limo. Your company. That's our problem. These numbers are bad, Albert. It's very bad. You're way behind. What can I do? All right. How many times do I have to tell you about this? I'll tell you what you do, Albert. You tell Tommy you made a mistake, you can fix it. I hate to see you get hurt. I mean, when you're already fat, ugly, and stupid, you don't need any more problems. Am I right? Am I right? Am I fucking right? What are you, fucking dick? Huh? Am I right? Yeah. I don't need this much. I see Chelsea's here. This is not the time. That's my daughter, sitting with a geek. She's not your daughter anymore. A judge took her away from you, remember? I never forget. Love. What's the matter with you? Uh, Jesus Christ, do you believe this guy? This is pathetic. Big fat Albert. Mr. O'Shea, there's no need to. Any need? I always have need. Well, say something. Stutter. Do something. I can't play with the numbers anymore, Mr. O'Shea. We're going to have a problem. You don't understand. Clean that goddamn wax out of yours. We have to make the dirty cash clean. You got that? But we're moving more cash than we are clothes. Congratulations. <laughs> Darling, Miss Chelsea. Glued to her seat. I think she's going to take after you. <laughs> you should get back. You're going to miss the best part. The best part is here. <laughs> How'd this happen? Chelsea's father's here. He did this to you? It's a way of life for him. Where is he? <laughs> Olivia, where is he? He's downstairs in the factory. Come on. service your partners anymore. Let me tell you something. I'm partnered up with over 35 companies, all of whom are very responsive and very helpful, with the exception of this company, because this company is too fat. And you, you are too fat. Look at you. You look like a beached whale. Mr. O'Shea. Alf, Alf, I tried to warn you, didn't I? You wouldn't listen. <laughs> Just acting. Just acting, Albert. Relax. But in all seriousness, my God. That's gross. Big tub of guts. I think you ought to have Dr. O'Shea some one oh, second. Oh, oh, bullshit. What's that? Bullshit. What's that? So are you. Hey, man, I make you the head and you talk to me like that? Fuck you, son. Hey, bitch. That was really stupid. You got a big mouth. Now apologize to the man. I ain't saying shit. Oh, now, Reggie. You know damn well if you don't say shit, you'll lose 90% of your vocabulary. You people just never learn, do you? Here goes. Take the wounded dance out of here. Taking the shit out of me, Rich. Take your problem up with the NWACP. I think that little thing gonna cause trouble, Tommy. Little bit breeds trouble. Yes. Tommy. This him? Got a problem? Guns make you nervous. Guns have their uses. Idiots with guns make me nervous. Right away. Well, there she is. How's my little girl? Accident. Three thousand dollar suit. Can't take me anywhere. Be one of those days, Chicky. It's your brother mumbling? I was just saying to Chicky, it's a nice day. Rich, Tommy will kill you. Tommy, man. I couldn't keep him out, Paul. He, he's torn up a and he, he just... 
Thanks. The, the unions tracking. He's infiltrated every aspect of my Mommy. business and most Mom, everyone quick. else in the over here district. I could tell you a lot more. You've told me enough. The DA is a friend from the past. Look. Yeah, that's a whole movie right there. I thought we were watching the whole movie. Uh, well, it's not a video clip. It was an audio clip. Oh, I thought we were going to listen to the whole movie. So did you get everything that was going on and all of that? Yeah, we know. No, you, you didn't. Yeah, I got everything. Do you care if you did or you didn't? I Well, I care in the sense that you think I didn't get everything. <laughs> all right, so just a quick rundown. There's, oh, okay. There's oh, a, oh, am I supposed to not have gotten it? I didn't get anything. There's, there's somewhat of a sweatshop operation that's going on, but it's also a money laundering thing. Yeah. That Michael Park's character. By the way, Michael Park's, that's one of the things in the film that I like. Oh, yeah. I'm a fan of Michael Parks, the actor, so I'm, I'm good Where that have he's I seen him before? Oh, Jesus Christ. From Dust Till Dawn, Red State. Who was he in Dust Till Dawn? He was the sheriff at the very beginning when the brothers Holy are shooting shit. up the... Was he also the sheriff in the fucking Grindhouse films? The the one about... He the... was in Grindhouse yeah. as well. He was also in Kill Bill yeah. in part two. He was the sheriff investigating He plays the, the sheriff in a lot of Quentin Tarantino shit. Yeah, that's because Quentin Tarantino's not very original. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to argue with that. But okay, that now I understand where I've seen him. Before. But he did give Michael Parks a resurgence in his career, so I will give him that. That's one good thing that Tarantino does is he does give character actors another chance to play wonderful characters. Yeah. I mean, he gave Robert Forrester a whole new lease on life after Jackie Brown, so... Pretty much. I can't hate Tarantino too much for being a movie DJ and unoriginal. Yeah, <laughs> even though you just said it. I sideloaded it it's, in there. It's such a great little... You you were like a pro at backhanded compliments. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you finally noticed something. Uh-huh, see? I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm used to it, though. It doesn't bother me. <laughs> I don't get feelings. All right. So Michael Park's character is some kind of like Irish mobster guy who's like in charge. He's worked his way into all of these businesses and he's laundering money and dealing stuff and doing all this shit. His his face in this movie looks like he's in constant pain. Well, that's because he's in Death Wish 5. <laughs> <laughs> but his uh, ex-wife is now dating Kersey currently and looks like they're very much in love and very, very happy. And it turns out that he's also an abusive bastard and he hasn't changed one bit because he manhandles her wrist so bad that it causes such a bad bruise yeah. that just Kersey touching her hand her. causes her physical pain and yeah. that's when he notices the bruise. Yeah. Uh, he tortures the guy trying to get him to do the money laundering thing as yep. we heard and blah blah blah. Well, and, the guy, and the guy's trying to do the money laundering thing. He goes, you're just giving us too much money for the clothes we're moving. So I mean, it's he's like, it's not helping. <laughs> well, and then the guy decides that it's time to take the acid bath of foreshadowing and yeah. throw all the clothes in there. And then he can be like, hey, see, now you're moving clothes. Yeah. And he's like, it's oh. like, you just wasted like thirteen or $1,400 worth of clothes or some ridiculous price for like a dress and a mannequin. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, so <laughs> all of this is somehow going on underneath this like bondage-like fashion show and no one seems to notice this guy screaming in pain in the factory. No, man. Because or that all the workers in the sweatshop part of this factory thing just left. Took a, took a break. Yeah, because they were sent home so the torturing could begin. Listen, man, I'm just saying they're at a fashion show. All those people are way too high on cocaine to care. Yeah, I even have in my notes here a couple times I write how Michael Clark is a very rapey, abusive prick in this movie. Yeah. And he's real creepy. Real creepy. All right, so they cut away from that clip in from the fashion show to Kersey's house as Arnie from Warehouse 
13 shows up as the DA. Hey, yeah. I love that actor. Uh, he's great. Yeah, he's great. And he's, he's another, I only know him as Arnie. I never bothered to learn yeah. his real name. It's like Sal Rubnick, I think is his name something or something like, like that. that. He plays also a lot of times just a great swarmy little shithead character. Yeah, but sometimes he also plays a very warm and gentle yeah. guy that's just like. He, a, he, he can do a 180 real quick on that. I prefer his amiable lugs. Yeah. Which it's kind of perfect for him to be Artie in Warehouse 13 because he's both at once. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's he's been hardened by losing so many other warehouse agents that he does have that sort of like standoffish prickish attitude. Yeah. But deep down inside, he's a big old marshmallow. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. All right. So he shows up and he's the DA and he's at Kersey's house. They state that Paul Kersey has been sent here due to some sort of Witstack deal where he's in witness yeah. protection. Yeah, he's in witness protection as a new name. Yeah, and he's a professor of architecture at a college now. He's not an architect anymore, but he teaches. Yeah, still, but he's teaching architecture, though. So. Right. So they're not really hiding him very well. They sent him back to New York. Yeah. And well, Hey, I mean, we're going to... Last place you look for a guy who started a gang war in one of your city streets is the exact city where he started said gang war. <laughs> right. I don't Hide think... him right in plain sight. You, see, you don't understand. That's not court. why he's on Witsec, though. I think he's in no. Witsec from taking on the L.A. mob and, and, and killing the all drug those drug dealers, dealers out yeah. there. Yeah. I think he didn't get shot in the back, but when he walked away, he still got arrested and he did the testimony about everything that happened and that's that, how he got the deal, maybe? That, or who knows, may have nothing to do with that. And it's some other reason why he's in witness protection. The film doesn't bother to tell you, so we're not going to bother to make it up on our own. I know. Okay, we're just going to go off, yeah. Yeah. All right, so Paul Kersey's in witness protection program. He's had some kind of a deal in Sal Rubnick uh, character already. I just have him already from Warehouse 13. That's fine. That's what I wrote him up as. But his, his character is basically knows who Paul's real identity is, and so does some kind of cop that's along with him or some shit yeah. like that. Whatever. Nobody should really know. <laughs> no one, that's, no that's, one that's should the know what's going on right now. Yeah, that's the purpose of Witsack. No one should know that he's in Witsack, for Christ's sake. I think that's uh, Hector Vasquez, if my notes are correct. All right, so Paul had this guy invited over to his house, the yeah. Artie from Warehouse 13, in the attempt to try and get this particular attorney general guy to make a go at Michael Parks and to arrest him so that, you know, he can be out of his lady's life, who is uh, the corpse yet to be for Paul Kersey's motivation for revenge. Hey, Pelly, you watch how you talk about her, all right? That's Mrs. Corpse to be. <laughs> She's not in the fridge yet, pal. <laughs> All right, so they cut from this to a jazz band performing at a restaurant. Once again, Paul proposes marriage to his girl. So, and I wrote it in my notes. Yep, she's going to fucking die now, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, I mean, she's dead. The minute she accepts his proposal, she's dead, pure and simple. Uh -huh. So she definitely says yes. And then Michael Parks shows up all of a sudden just to kind of be a pain in the ass. Hey, listen, lady, will you please do me the honor of being the reason I'm a three-time widower? She ends up dumping her drink on herself all scared and nervous and then heads off to the ladies' room to try and clean that up. And then a man dressed as a woman attacks her in the restroom. This is a question I have for you, Matt. After we see a man dressed as a woman attacking her in the restroom, uh -huh. is it here where all of the transphobic people get their uh, idea that yes. this is it's this, this one, is exactly it. it. So they saw Death Wish 5 and they thought that yeah, because Robert is... Joy dressed in drag to beat somebody up, yeah. that, that therefore anyone who yes. doesn't conform to gender binary rules will beat up and assault people in bathrooms? I'm not saying all of them. I'm saying a hardcore few of them and then they spread that fake news all over to all their, you know, fucking church-going pals. <laughs> so it 
it's Death Wishes 5's fault, huh? Yeah. The transphobia that is Robert Joyce's character. De- Death Wish 5, transphobia multiplied. <laughs> All right, so Robert Joy ends up attacking her by smashing Miss Regent's face repeatedly into a mirror, telling her to look at how pretty she looks before he does it, and then he does it again, and then he says something to her. He delivers a line, accents it by smashing her face, delivers a line, accents it by smashing her face, essentially saying, shut the fuck up and don't testify against your ex-husband because we'll kill you. Yeah. You're getting off light because I'm just going to destroy your face. Wow, that's, I don't know if that's light. <laughs> well, somebody, somebody needs to get him the dictionary of the word light. Are you still breathing when he's finished? Well, yeah, that's not getting off light. That's getting off light. He didn't kill her. Jesus, dude, you have a really harsh fucking way of going about things, don't you? Okay. Anything short of killing is going light on somebody? When you're trying to threaten them in a manner that means that they could possibly die, anything short of dying is light. Wow. I'm not saying it's not cruel. You're, you're an all or nothing kind of guy, aren't you? When death is on the table, yes. <laughs> Once you say, I'll fucking kill you, and you mean it, and then you don't, that person got off light. But never go up against a Sicilian with death on the line. Or Robert Joy and Drag. <laughs> yeah, apparently, yeah. Because the best you're going to get is it's your a, face smashed into the mirror repeatedly, repeatedly. Yeah. But why would you have to be a drag if you were smashing my face in a bathroom? I'm not in the women's bathroom. <laughs> that you know of. I do have a really bad prescription for eyeglasses. I can't see with the shit and I don't really intend on going to fix that. Yeah, so he's telling her not to talk in any way, shape, or form. And at this point, I put in my notes, shockingly, there is no rape. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't rape her. Yeah, that I, I was getting raped for it. I'm like, he's, he's going to do it, right? He's going to get really fucking rapey really quick. Yeah, that would and be a great did. way to put her under and to keep her from yeah. you know talking would be to diminish her in that way and make her feel like less of a human being. But instead, he uses her vanity against her and destroys her face. Yeah. So, so, so technically, the mirror smashing is just as bad, I suppose. Yeah. Because he's still destroying who she was. It's a lot of violence against women still. So, I mean, it's still gross. All right. So Paul goes to check on her because she's been in the bathroom forever. And as a dutiful soon to be husband should do, he wants to make sure that she's okay. Particularly since that her ex-husband, who is an abusive asshole, is in the restaurant. And he passes Robert Joy on the way there. And I'll never forget the look on Paul Kersey slash Charles Bronson's face seeing Robert Joy in drag. Oh, yeah. When he says excuse me to him or whatever. Hey. That was hilarious. You might know a buddy of mine. His name's Warren. (laughs) So Robert Joy ends up leaving and she comes sort of half stumbling out of the bathroom. And I think she's calling out Paul's name and she collapses on Paul at the top of the stairs. And they cut from that to our next clip. She's stable, fair, top gal on the outside. I'm not going to pull any punches. Even with reconstruction, the face will never be the same. What was O'Shea doing at the restaurant? It has to be more than coincidence. No, it has to be. Dr. Paul, Morris, how did O'Shea know she was going to testify? Dr. Paul, please dial I didn't one know one that eight. she would need protection until after she came in. I should have known. I underestimated O'Shea. It's not going to happen again. It's not your fault. She's not going to change her mind about talking to O'Shea. I don't know. Paul, Paul, this thing is not just going to go away. Paul, let me just have a couple of words with you, all right? Oh, Vasquez. Why is it that my investigation started only an hour ago and the chief prosecutor is already here? Olivia Regent, the victim, is part of an ongoing investigation in my department, Lieutenant. That's all. Tommy O'Shea investigation? What do you know about that? Tommy O'Shea was seen from wherever he is, he stinks. I mean, I watched this guy coming up through the Irish gangs, and now he's ruthless. Now he's going big time. He's a scumbag. We believe the perp might have been somebody else. Recognize him? Uh, he had a lot of makeup on. I, I don't know. May I, sir? You know all about guys? Like Frederick Garrity. A.K.A. Freddie Flakes. Got some sort of skin condition. Causes bad dandruff. And when Tommy O'Shea has a special job to do, he usually uses this piece of scum. Likes disguises as a security freak. Very lethal guy. What about Tommy O'Shea? He's the guilty one. Paul, 
Unless I have something more to go on, my hands are tied. O'Shea has an ironclad alibi, right? But you were there. I see I'm wasting my time with you guys. I got some more questions. I'll be calling you. Still not quite sure what the hell you're doing here, Hall. Well, it's a little over your head, Lieutenant. Why don't you just do your job? I'll do mine. Okay. Excuse me, Lieutenant. I remember when he was fixing parking tickets in his office. Don't worry, Professor. She sleeps upstairs. So what you're saying, Doctor, is she's a butterface. <laughs> oh my God! What? You are terrible. <laughs> what? Yeah, man. What's wrong with you? Oh, like a few facial scars doesn't build character. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we got Kenneth Welsh showing up. Fucking Wyndham Earl from Twin Peaks. Hey, all right. He's the other detective with the white hair. Yeah. That, that is kind of the red herring of the movie. Oh, you cops. You automatically assume there's going to be a crooked cop because they already had one in four, so you think they're going to just go with the same formula again? That's how it's been. Anything that gets added in a previous Death Wish movie, they make a callback has to there, by doing it, the exact same thing in the next one. Has there not been a crooked cop in all these Death Wish movies? Mm, one had no crooked cops. Uh, if you think about it, they're yeah, kind of crooked. He wasn't crooked until the very end, and that was because it came from higher up. Yeah. I'm just saying, though. Yeah. I mean... Fair enough. Well, you know, all cops are crooked in these movies and reality. No, not... No, no. <laughs> wow. No. Come on, man. Yeah. Be cool. All right, so after this clip, Paul then heads into the study of his home, looks at the photo of his once beautiful bride-to-be, and decides that maybe he isn't too old for this shit because he has a flashback audio clip where he basically goes through and he hears everything that was said earlier in the film about why she decided to testify and all this stuff with his guilt as we watch him grab his pistol and load that shit up. Hey, time for everyone to die. So he's out for some more vengeance. They cut away from this to Michael Parks' character who thinks Reggie was talking so he has him tortured by having his hand burned by the steam press. Then they burn his face before he gets kicked a bunch in the fucking ribs and then they shoot him dead so Reggie was the black guy that helped the fat yeah, guy yeah. and now he's dead Yeah, and they thought it was him who's been testifying but no you no dice they cut away from this to the cops working with Albert who was the one actually doing the talking and for those of you keeping score Albert is the guy they were making all the fat jokes to that was doing the accounting work that they were showing the acid bath of foreshadowing yes and so he got scared after getting sawzawed to the gut or whatever the fuck that thing was it looked like a saw's automy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever, it, whatever it was, they snapped his fucking side with it. They cut into him pretty good. Yeah. That's enough to make me want to testify against somebody. I'm just uh, saying. Uh, me too. They cut away from that to Paul's fiance is moaning in pain while her face is all wrapped up like the invisible man with bandages. They cut away from that to Paul hunting some of the mafia thugs and by hunting, I mean he follows them around and no one gets hurt. I walk around the city for a bit. He's not walking around. He's yeah. riding around in a fucking Jeep oh, Grand yeah, Cherokee. Yeah, yeah, Oh, that, yeah. With gold trim. I'm just, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> I mean, for the 90s, that was a pretty nice uh, fucking deep Grand Cherokee. That's where all the rest of the money went. <laughs> <laughs> Part of the five million is this Grand Cherokee that I bought with it. I get to keep it. <laughs> I think Paul Kersey would drive this kind of vehicle around. <laughs> it's comfortable for my asthma. Mm, but yet, safety ratings are on top. I was expecting to be like, how does a car help his asthma? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even dive on that. No, I wouldn't even know, though. How would a car help his asthma? It doesn't matter, Pelly. Don't you ever fucking question me. <laughs> That's what Bronson would tell you. Hold on. I'm getting, I'm having an episode. I better get in my Jeep. 
This Grand Cherokee cures all. All right, they cut away from this. There's a lot of cuts and nothing really happening, and we don't know what's going on. Welcome to the last four death wishes, man. Hey, hey, hey. All right, three. That's fair. <laughs> but anyway, so he's hunting the guys by following them around. He's getting to know their routines, and he's getting prepared to do the killings. Yeah. And then we cut from this to the cops trying to get a recording of the mafia thugs who know that that dude is wired and won't even give up the ghost and talking to him. They even end up drawing attention to this fact by grabbing at the microphone in his shirt pocket that is a pen by quote-unquote borrowing a pen. They're basically saying, we got you, bud. Yeah. So Albert ends up darting down an alley in panic. That's the guy who's been informing upon them. He dumps the recording gear, screaming to himself about how he's stupid or some shit like that. I didn't pay that close of attention, but yeah. basically just sounds like you on a night when you haven't been drinking. Yeah, I am stupid. God, why wasn't I drinking? <laughs> Wasting all this fucking time being sober. He is slammed into by a car that launches him through a window in a restaurant, and he lands on a table filled with people. Great fucking stunt. Yeah, good job. That was actually really fucking cool. <laughs> and Robert Joy's character of the hitman guy who wears disguises, but we only ever see him wear one. Yeah. Yeah, whatever the, Whatever that's all worth. Yeah, I don't know. But he's the one that was driving the car, and that was pretty awesome. And just when you think that that's going to be about the coolest thing that you see, the cop that was helping watch... Albert gets on the scene and starts trying to unload her gun into the car in an attempt to immobilize it. The car that Flakes is driving then hits the detective who is shooting at him into her with a broadside slide. That was awesome. Damn. Hits her with the trunk. She goes up and over the trunk and goes rolling all around it and then lands. Hey, Pally, you should a, probably learn how to aim. Into a bloody mess. That was awesome. Those two things back to back happened way too soon in the film, but you yep. needed it to kind of break up the monotony of everything else that was happening. And there's where the rest of the money went. <laughs> it was some really cool fucking shit. I yeah, really dug both those that stunts. Was, uh, that was pretty good stunt. That was not bad stunting. <laughs> yeah, whoever set that up, they knew what they were doing and those stunt people were awesome. Yeah. Then we see that Kersey arrives on the scene to check on the cop who dies at the hospital shortly after that in the next cut. And then that leads to our next clip. Well, how is she? She's gone. What the hell are you doing there anyway? You're not thinking of going back to your old ways, are you? Is that such a bad idea? Let the cops take these guys down. You know, sometimes the law works. And sometimes it doesn't. You know, these people, they steal, they murder, destroy people's lives and get away with it. They have alibis, money, lawyers, power. They have everything. Tell me something. How long have you been trying to take these guys down? 16 years. These guys are pros. It's, it's not like some gang of doped out muggers. 16 years? Oh, it's a long time to be failing. <laughs> yeah, that was always a great line. All right, I need to point out, did you hear the noise going on in the background of that clip? No. It was like... Pfft going on while they were playing. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that was actually on the movie. And if you listen very closely, you can hear a mic switch on and someone's doing a mic test while they're delivering their lines going into the same recorder and it goes over top of them in the mix. And they didn't reshoot this. They had $5 million for the budget <laughs> and they paid... All of it went to Kersey. Charles Bronson yeah. to play Kersey. All right. Why I do you ya. think they didn't reshoot that? I get you. That's my guess. That's what it sounds like to me. So if you listen back to that clip, you can hear it actually here. Let's let's go back. All right, let's go back. People, they steal, they murder, destroy destroy people's lives and get away with it. You can actually hear it being yeah. jostled and then you just hear <laughs> like over and over again. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's back before I guess I had actors bellowing at uh, guys with mic stands and their lights and shit like that. Huh? <laughs> oh, good for you. <laughs> Yes. I'm so that happy. guy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh. Oh, Christian Bale. <laughs> Punch your mother with that mouth. 
<laughs> yeah, I love how they did that over yeah, top yeah, of it. Family Guy. There's a handful of things that Family Guy has done that I really enjoy. <laughs> the Javier Bardem thing that is about the haircut yeah. is like my favorite thing they've ever done, I think. And then how they did the whole uh, Christian Bale freaking out and then yeah, Peter indeed. Griffin responding to it. So after this, Paul is off stalking the mafia guys once again, who basically all the mafia guys that are working under Michael Parks, he's following them around to get an idea of what their routines are and what's going on. And then he follows them through these daily rounds. They cut away from this to Paul takes his bride-to-be back to her apartment. She has a paperclips moment over the damage done to her face. And because I don't want to describe it, that's our next clip. Look at my face, Paul. Look at my face. I can't let Tom get away with this. I won't let him get away with it. Olivia, you don't know how hard it is for me to say this, but let the law deal with Tommy. Okay. Whatever you say. First, I have to make a telephone call. I think that Hoyle's phone's been bugged. So go along with me on this, will you? District Attorney Hoyle's office. Attorney Hoyle, please. May I ask who's calling? Hoyle. Paul. Paul. Listen, how's Olivia? I hope she hasn't changed. I called to tell you that Olivia has decided not to test Paul. Wait a minute. Can I talk to you about this for a minute? She's made up her mind. I'm afraid I support her decision. I'm sorry, Brian. All right. All right. Somebody else was listening. Ta-da! <laughs> Proof hey. once again that a vigilante with a gun, or a good guy with a gun, despite his advancing years, still more useful than any cop ever. Cut away from this to more Paul stalking people and following them around. He's learning the routines. They they really pad out the movie with him following these guys on the routines. Yeah, man. They even repeat their routines. You just see them doing the same thing. They start at this cannoli shop that is apparently owned by their mother and or sister and or both. Yeah, well, oh. <laughs> wait, at the same time? Are you trying to say they're southern italians no i don't they're not the same person i'm yeah. saying that it might yeah. be co-owned by yeah. the family yeah and it's, it's run like by the mother and the place, sister of course yeah because yeah. it's money laundering more money laundering probably. yeah that's probably what the restaurant is yeah. there for for the cannolis and everything but they yeah. start their day off there and that's where paul starts following them leave the gun take the cannolis he goes somewhere else following them around quite a bit they cut from that to the cops getting a drop by from paul and that leads to our next clip paul come on in what are you doing here Came by to tell you that Olivia will testify. She will. T- why, why didn't you tell me that on the phone? I think somebody's listening in to your conversations. Jesus Christ. Okay, I understand. I'm not going to make the same mistake twice. I'll send over an agent McDonald to her place right away for security. Okay? Come on in. No, no. Got to get back to Olivia. Right, she's doing the right thing. Hector, she is going to testify. You call McDonald. Tell him and his guys to get over to her place right away. I'll see you down at the office. Sorry. Right? Okay, honey. I'm sorry. I got to make some calls. Tell me, Paul, what do you see? I see the woman I'm going to marry. Promise me. Promise me if anything should happen to me. Nothing's going to happen. No, promise me still. You'll take care of Chelsea. Of course, I promise. I love you. And I love you. Yes? Dwight McDonald, Justice Department. Professor Stewart, we'd like to secure the building, sir. Professor Stewart. Olivia! How rude. Olivia! Paul? Olivia! Get away quickly. Use the fire escape. Quick! Gentlemen. 
Okay, so it turns out that uh, Hector Vasquez is a dirty cop. Do they make them any other way? Yes. There are plenty of cops who aren't dirty. Why has it always got to be the fucking like minority that's yeah, the dirty I cop? Yeah, I mean, wow, they really, again, I, that's how I thought that too when I saw he was the dirty cop and went, wow. You would think that a guy who's Lieutenant Mickey King makes me think that maybe he would have ties to the Irish Mafia because he talks about yeah. how he grew up with the guy and he watched him rise to the ranks. Yeah. You would think that he would be the informant. It would make sense. But instead, they have to make it the minority. And I just got to talk about Miguel Sandoval, the actor. Yeah. He's one of those that guy, dude. Every time you see him, you're like, okay, I know this guy. What do I know him from? Yes, he's always in something. Yeah. Most recently, he was Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. And he was the colonel or whatever that was in charge of the program that basically kept psychics like Dirk, or not really psychics, but those type of people. He was Colonel Scott. So there we go. There you go. Yeah. So that was a lot to get there. Well, I wasn't really sure, so I had to look it up real quick but you. that's uh that's what i most recently have seen him in because the wife and i have gone back through the first season and we're now watching the second and last season of dirk gently i always get reminded he always uh i know he's played this role a lot but the tired cop not not the cop who's like dirty just that tired older cop who's seen it all and he's just like yeah yeah jaded cop just jaded guy in general he's really good at playing that kind yeah. of character yeah he's played jaded a lot i mean he could have been a fucking jaded like sharpener cart guy who yeah. runs around sharpening your scissors on the city streets right. in the 60s or something <laughs> <laughs> All right, so with the end of this clip here, the thugs shoot up Kersey's house, and Olivia doesn't listen to a goddamn thing that Paul says to escape. She just runs upstairs to capture herself somewhere else in the top part of the house. She runs all the way upstairs to, like, the attic area that's, like, finished off or something like that. I couldn't even yeah. really tell if that's what it was or not. I think that's what it was. Something. Paul then enacts a bunch of home alone tactics to thwart the bad guys. He throws vases at them down the stairs, hides in a cabinet from them at some point that looks kind of like a wall when they run past. Yeah. They're making a play to kill Olivia because that's the big thing they need to do right now. And she ends up crawling out of a roof hatch like skylight. How else would you describe that? Does roof hatch skylight work for you? Yes, that's about that's what it is. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, it's a window that opens, but it's on the ceiling. So that's a skyline. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a, it's a skylight that has a roof hatch to it. All right. So while she's doing this crawling out for her life, she is being shot at by shotguns and guns and all sorts of other stuff. And then she gets up on top of the roof, Robert Joy's character of Flakes tell the other guy to stop shooting the shotgun. He's just wasting his shells. He waits for her to get up on top of the roof and as she is making her way across the roof, running, she ends up getting shot by Robert Joy's character of Flakes, dead to rights, in the middle of the back. And this sends her flying off the end of the building and falling to her death. If the shot to the back didn't do it, if he didn't nail it dead center to kill her, yep. falling off the roof would definitely take care of that. Bye! She lands on her head. She's dead. Maybe she's okay. What is with her face and why does he hate it so much that he wants to keep injuring it more and more? Oh, <laughs> I didn't think of it like that, but that's a that's a good point. What did, what did her face do to you? <laughs> Wrong with the top of her head that you keep slamming it into objects to damage it, dude. <laughs> <sighs> and now we know for sure that one of the cops are crooked and we're pretty sure that it's not Sal Rubnik's character, aka Artie from Warehouse 13. Alright, so then we see that Paul has just enough time to run and jump off of the roof after checking on Olivia and he lands into a pile of garbage just as the cops arrive in the nick of time to save the day and his life. So the thugs dart off while Paul climbs out of the garbage and is made sure that he is okay. And that leads to our next clip. Reputed mobster Tommy O'Shea was released after questioning in the murder of fashion queen Olivia Regent. Mr. O'Shea, Mr. O'Shea, what are your plans? I don't know. I might go fishing. Need a vacation. Seriously. 
Seriously? I'll have some goddamn soap opera. Seriously. Good in tomorrow. Lieutenant King, why did the Organized Crime Bureau call in Mr. O'Shea? There is uh, nothing unusual about this. We always talk to the ex-spouses of murder victims. Yes, but don't you find it... Thank unusual. you. That's all we have to say. Thank you. Uh, look, for me in the car, right? I better do this by myself. Hi, Paul. Say what you came to say. Chelsea, I, I'm so sorry about your mom. Paul, can, uh, can we talk? You know, every time I talk to you, somebody gets hurt. Uh, Paul, listen to me. You come before the grand jury and identify those guys who... Look, one of those guys will give Tommy up in a deal, and I'll airtight the case with other people. It won't just be you. Brian, get your men together and leave. Take your team back to headquarters. I miss Mom. I wish you were here. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Gotcha. Well, you do good work, counselor. Well, boys, tomorrow's the big day. Big day? What big day? Baby's coming home to dad. Your daughter coming for a visit? What's that? Your daughter. She's coming for a visit? I don't know. She's coming here to live permanently. Gee, baby, I never knew you felt that way about her. Mine is mine. What did you say? I don't know. I couldn't hear. I'm starting to mumble like you, so I couldn't hear. What? Chelsea, don't forget your glass and your head. I don't want to go, Paul. I want to stay with you. What's happening here? What's going on? the car, miss. What is this? Sorry, Professor Stewart, it's not even a close call. He has the legal rights. I apologize, sir. Read it and weep. She's coming with me. Like hell she is. Son of a bitch is quick. Professor Stewart, I'm so right. What's happened? What's happened? Professor, what's happened? What is it? Oh. Look at my face, Paul. I can't let Tommy get away with this. I won't let him get away with it. Now, Paul, listen, if you'll just come before the grand jury, Identify those men. Brian, gather your men together and leave. You weren't thinking of going back to your old ways, were you? That's such a bad idea. Let the law take these people down. You know, sometimes the law works. And sometimes it doesn't. These people steal, they murder, they destroy people's lives, and they get away with it. Unless we have something else to go on and our hands are tied. I'm wasting my time with you guys. Okay, so right there at the end of that particular clip when they're having that flashback sequence that I was playing, I left that in there for one very simple reason. What was that? It occurs to me right when that starts playing, that little clip at the end there, uh, it has been nearly 50 minutes of this fucking movie and we have not watched Paul kill not one person yet. Holy shit, you're right. Yeah, what the fuck movie? Come on, movie. <laughs> it took you 50 minutes for his fiance to get put into the fridge in order for us to do this. Legit, we could have gotten all this done in 35 minutes. This, this is barely, like, they have barely enough plot to fill up an episode of the Twilight Zone from the 80s. We, we could have gotten all this done in 30 minutes, I swear to God. Yeah. <laughs> We're spending more time bitching about it than we actually are going through the plot. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's how bad this one is. <laughs> I wrote what the fuck like three or four times in my notes <laughs> when I realized that. What the fuck? <laughs> right now I'm just wishing for death with this movie. Any death. <laughs> I am wishing for, I am literally doing what the title of the movie is. I'm wishing for death and nothing is occurring. All right, so he ends up driving to the city after he loads up his gun during that clip and is at the Italian bakery we were talking about earlier when the thugs walk in. Paul goes up for a refill of his coffee and ends up dumping a powdery substance on the cannolis that What's-His-Face Chicky is about to eat. That thug Chicky 
Mikey sits down to eat that particular cannoli in what is the grossest fashion I can actually even want to endure ever I, again. I don't want to ever eat a cannoli. Yeah. Before succumbing to the poison that is in it, also in an equally gross and disgusting fashion. If you need to lose weight and you have a problem with sweets, watch this guy eat a cannoli and oh. then die from it. Yes. It'll fix you right up. It will. <laughs> now, all this time that this is happening, that he is choking and then dying from the poison or whatever it was that Paul has put on this cannoli, his sister is overacting and overreacting and runs off for help screaming as if she is Una O'Connor in The Invisible Man or Bride of Frankenstein. She is ridiculous. It's so bad the way that she overacts. Isn't like um, in Robin Hood Men in Tights, that little kid screaming at the very beginning? Yeah, for those of you who don't know who Una O'Connor is, aka Matt sitting across from me, yes, yeah, I don't it's know. very close to that. Is That's it? a okay. good parallel. All right. Which they're just making fun of Home Alone in that one anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So basically we're back to Home Alone again with these movies. It's fucking Home Alone, I tell you. <laughs> They cut away from this to a newspaper headline, Mobster Bites It. I approve of that. Yeah, nice. Okay, and then it says something about cannoli caper or something like that, but cannoli is misspelled. They're missing an N. And then there's a second one where they talk about it, and there's like two different places that they put cannoli in there. Yeah. And both places, cannoli is misspelled. It's missing an N. (laughs) Cannoli. (laughs) When I notice that, I'm like, you motherfuckers. Who doesn't like a good cannoli every now and then? (laughs) C-A-N-O-L-I is how they spelled it. Cannoli. Yeah. Cannoli. Yeah. Who doesn't like a can loli every now and then? <laughs> so there is a funeral for Chicky, who died of the cannoli poisoning. And all of the gangsters are bored. Did you notice that? Like yeah. they're all looking around like they're Ugh. getting antsy. The family is mourning and crying. So all the ladies are basically bawling their eyes out, especially the person who was in love with Chicky, Chicky's family, all of yeah. that kind of stuff. And then uh, one of the ladies of the gangster says that she hopes that'll never happen to her because mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And that's nothing to do with four shadowing or anything like that nothing at the end of the funeral on the way out michael park's character has a conversation with robert joy which may just be the most interesting part of the film hey and it's also our next clip (laughs) having a clue everybody's going to ball games together it doesn't make any sense chicky he had no concept of security he was like naked you should learn from this Sure. Become a paranoid schizophrenic like you. You got it wrong, Tommy. Protection, man. It's like being back in your mother's room. It's so safe. Hey, Dapper. Oh, my God. Look at that. Mm. Oh, man. I'll tell you, Tommy really knows how to buy. This is what I call quality merchandise. This stuff is going to sell way better than with that broadhead, I'll tell you that. You're right, Sal. Tommy's a genius. Mm. Yeah. Max Tane. Max. Hmm? Slither over my way. What, baby? It's showtime. Something wrong? Just keep at it. Well, nothing's happening again. Holy oh. shit, are you a squeegee head? Take a hike. You ticklish? You want to talk to your mother to do this stuff? Oh, what do we have here? Right down. Yes, sir. Mr. Vasquez. I never really got a chance to thank you personally for that tip on Olivia. That's okay. Money was your thanks. Who killed Chick? Well, you've got a problem. Ever hear the name Paul Kersey? Vigilante killer a few years back. Oh, yeah. Well, that was your ex-wife's boyfriend. Professor, you people have him? More. He did Chicky? Kersey's no amateur. You pissed him off. (laughs) How do we find him? I could remedy that situation, but it's going to cost you. No kidding. I've had it. You you know, Kersey's going to be going down the list. Get it? Hector. Yeah. Something you're wearing? I don't know, Tommy. Check this out. Scumbag. <laughs> He's a 
Jesus Christ. All right. We got to call Freddy. Tell him. Don't worry about Freddy. You know Freddy. He's in the womb. What? Womb. <laughs> okay, there's a little bit to unpack in this. This is pretty much the best part of the whole entire movie, where we actually get some Death Wish movie-type action. Oh, fucking Jesus. Okay, so Paul Kersey poisons the guy, and at his funeral, everybody's kind of freaked out a little bit, and then yeah. we learn that Freddy feels like he's in the womb when he's in his secured facility place where he has all this security. Yeah. And also, Freddy's a little bit weird, like more weird than we ever thought. Yeah, he's, he's a weird guy. Michael Park's character is now running the fashion show stuff, so it's essentially a fucking strip club that is pretending to be a fashion show yes when they cut to that sequence i'm like wait a minute did he turn the fashion runway into a strip club he sure did because that's pretty much what it looks like and then you see the fashionista people that are sitting there and they're like oh uh. yeah and then all the mafiosa guys are like yeah all right those ladies have boobs we've never seen that before this is a classy joint <laughs> how did he get the a team to show up during the b team shift <laughs> it's nude around here man you don't see the a team at nude <laughs> apparently in Freddy's Fashion Emporium and Money Laundering. You do get to see that. The varsity team comes out at noon. Yeah, and Tommy's Fashion Emporium yeah. and Strip Club, whatever the fuck it's supposed to be for his Money Laundering. Right off Route 66. Yeah. Alright, so after this clip, when we find out, once again, the cop is definitely dirty, because he yes. just comes right out and admits it and tells him everything we need to know about Kersey. He's dirty. Yeah, after this, but Paul... Money. After this, Paul is trying a remote control soccer ball out in a store. I shit you not, a remote control soccer soccer ball i know i saw it <laughs> you watched the movie too i did yeah it looks to me like they may have seen the movie fx2 and went we can do something more ridiculous than this right <laughs> it's completely impractical and not really a good thing to do for pre- even special effects let's make this a thing yes let's do it yeah <laughs> although now they did it in real life you ever seen those remote control bb8 droids it's kind of the same thing yeah, yeah. only it's you know bb8's at least a little bit cooler it's at least a robot not, I, a, not a fucking soccer ball i wouldn't mind a remote control soccer ball yeah yeah what Oh, well, yeah, the cats, man. They fucking love that thing. Well, relatively small, but a remote control ball that I could make them chase. Yeah. yeah. I would love that. Yeah, actually. that would be actually really cool. <laughs> yeah, especially if it would work on carpet. Uh-huh. So the concept is not, you know, a bullshit idea. No, not for like, like you know, for pets and shit. But did it exist in 1990? But what would be the point of a remote control soccer ball for a kid? Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. That's what I'm saying. For pets, it'd be great. I don't know about for kids. Yeah. All right. So Paul tries it out and then ends up making a purchase and he tells the guy it's for like a special occasion or something like that and he goes oh well isn't that nice they cut away from that to Blake's character freaking out while locking down his heavily secured pad he has like a security system for the outside a security system for the inside (laughs) a security system for the downstairs and a security system for the upstairs hey we all locked in it's ridiculous man Paul ends up showing up on the outside of the perimeter of the secure facility with his fancy new stalker ball Blake is then in the tub with his lady she's got her tits out so thank you movie yeah thanks i mean granted we have to see robert joy's face on you know just to the side of it but there's still very prominently featured boob there they're there <laughs> and it's in a non-rapey context so yeah. that's the only way through the series we've gotten this so thank you movie thank you movie we then see paul uses the soccer ball to set off some of flake's alarms on the outside which sends flake looking at the perimeter like a maniac with a bulletproof vest on and a shotgun or some shit like that he ends up following the soccer ball around because it goes one direction and then the other and then finally Paul Kersey gets it out in the open where the guy finds it basically he leads him to where Paul Kersey can look directly at him and make sure he's holding on to it I think yeah pretty much alright so Flake then picks up the soccer ball and then Kersey looks at him and says I have something that will help you with your dandruff giving Flake more than enough time to throw the ball away before
before he exploded in his face. Yes. That was horseshit. That was bad. He literally is holding the soccer ball screaming no for a good five <laughs> seconds. No! It was like Garth Marenghi's Dark Place level of ridiculously long <laughs> screaming no. It was like, no! That's my witness. I did not manipulate that. You did not. That was full on, dude. (laughs) Nice. I used to sing, man. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I may be fat, but I still have breath control. Yeah, right. Good job. (laughs) But that's how long it lasted, dude. It felt like that long. Remind me of Austin Powers where they had the steamroller and the guy's like, no! And he's like, move out of the way! No! (laughs) Which was stolen from a fish called Wanda. Oh, yes, it was. (laughs) Definitely it was. For the guy was like glued down to the tarmac. And the other dude's just screaming revenge over and over again. And he's just like, oh, come on. And he just eventually gets bored and just wants to die. Yeah. Yeah. But that's how long it fucking takes. But finally, Blake's lady springs from the tub nude, bouncing around as she does it. So thank you, movie. Thank you, movie. All right. So Freddy's whole head was fucking on fire, including the whole top part of his body when the soccer ball exploded but when his lady finally makes it out to check on him he's got a full head of hair and it's completely unburned did you notice that yeah and also dummy during the explosion yes part of that screaming no dummy during the explosion (laughs) and that leads to our next clip jesus right yeah i got some news for you i don't want any more news today thank you sorry but i just got off the phone with the mayor's assistant the mayor is on a real rampage about this vigilante thing. Yeah, well, I'm not surprised. And he's going to be calling in a few minutes. The assistant? No, the mayor. <sighs> First Bacconi and then Flakes. He's going down the list. You make sure O'Shea is covered, all right? You got it. You want to get that? That's why they pay you the big bucks. Hoyle. <coughs> Jesus Christ, where are you? We've been looking all over for you. Paul, you can't take the law into your own hands. You're in a lot of trouble. you got to let me help you. The way you can help me is to meet me at Olivia's house around about 10 o'clock. And come along, will you? Paul? <laughs> I didn't think it would be this easy, Kersey. Neither did I. Right. You can't trust the justice. He would have killed you, Brian. Yeah. No judge, no jury, no appeal, and no deal. How do you feel about it? I'm scared. What are you going to do? Paul, I'm not even here. Uh, I love how everybody that's in the authority figure position from like three on from the time Kersey shows up, they're like, your way is much simpler when we don't have to do judge, jury, or civil rights, or constitutional rights, or, you know, the rights of an American citizen. We can just fucking murder these guys. Your way is so much easier. You get so much done, Kersey. I wasn't even here. As a matter of fact, I wasn't even here to talk to you. Now go out and kill some more folks. In fact, I never even became a cop and I was never born. <laughs> it's ridiculous, man. Every single one of these guys. Yeah. Every single one. All the time. Oh, God. He gets a pass because he's fucking Charles Bronson and he's got charisma to spare. He goes, even when he's clearly phoning it in the Cursey, entire film. Curse, we have to arrest you. Come on, Belly. No, all right. <laughs> Get out of here, you whippersnapper. What? I shot a couple of thugs that just fucking raped a woman. Why are you going to arrest me? They're uh, the ones that were guilty. You're right. Get out out of here, big guy. We'll handle the cleanup. And am I wrong or is he not so clearly phoning it in the hallway through this film? Oh, big time. Yeah. He's just like, I'm so tired of doing this shit. We don't even get a, hey! No, not once. Not once did we get, hey! Yeah, not at all. (laughs) Even when he delivers his, like, one-liners. Yeah. I'm going to help you with your dandruff problem. Uh, Hey, Even then he's disaffected and just doesn't even care. I guess I'm gonna sort of, I don't know, help you with your dandruff problem or whatever. 
whatever. I don't even care anymore. He looks at the camera with the remote control and he's like, hey, uh, line. <laughs> That's not my line. Pally. Hey, hey, Pally. Hey, but Pally, what's my line? They cut from that to the funeral for Freddy, where we see that the lady that who was talking at the last funeral for Chicky actually was saying that she hopes this never happens to her. Turns out she was the one dating Freddy. So therefore, she is now the one who is a quote unquote widow. Yeah. yeah. We actually see that during Freddy's funeral, a kid runs in with a note, which sends all of the gangsters turning around in nervous panic, pointing a gun at him, which actually draws the disapproval of the priest who tries to talk them down. He's like, this is the house of God. Why are you drawing guns? Yeah, right. That was funny. That was, that was one of the other things I found entertaining about the film. <laughs> he takes the note directly to Michael Park's character of Tommy, and it, you know, it's a note from fucking Paul Kersey. Of course it is. They cut from this to the thugs at the mannequin packing plant or whatever the fuck we've been at a couple of times. Yeah. And so the note that was being left at Freddy's funeral was actually to lead them back to the mannequin packing plant where the dead pig was left in a crate, which they uncrate and expose the dead pig's body. Yay! Yay! Dead cops. Uh, you mean dead dirty cops? Sure. That's not what you meant, is it? <laughs> Yay, dead cops. Oh, God. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> so bad. Would have been better if you went, yay, hey, wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a minute. They cut away from that to the limo pulls up with all of Tommy's thugs, and they arrive at his apartment and drop the bulletproof vest, and that leads to our final clip. This is no good, Tommy. This is a vendetta that we brought on ourselves. Eh? And how Vasquez is gone, that's terrific. That's terrific. This is bad for business. Forget about Vasquez. He got what he deserved. You can always buy somebody else. Concentrate on Kersey. Concentrate on Kersey. Concentrate on Kersey. We got every soldier that we can spare out looking for that maniac. Oh, Jesus Christ, Tommy! I want out. Ever since I was a kid, I followed you. As soon as we dust this Kersey asshole, I want out. That's it. What is it, Sally? What is it? What do you mean, what is it? Look at me. My blood pressure's going through the goddamn roof, for Christ's sake. It, I don't know, ever since Chicky's gone, it, it don't make sense anymore. Your blood pressure. Part of it's your diet. Every time you sit down to eat, you eat like you're going with an electric chair. I don't need you to tell me how to eat. I know how to eat. Thank you. Let's concentrate on Kersey. You know, I think we ought to give the lamb to the wolf. We'll catch Kersey using Chelsea's bait. What are you talking about, lamb wolf? What are you talking about? Kersey, he knows every move we're making. And somebody's helping him out. You're the lamb, Sally. What, are you selling me out? No. No, no, no. Listen to him. You do the same thing you do every Sunday morning. You go to church like you go to church. You drop the cash at Olivia's. Do everything you do just like you do on Sunday. Sure. And get barbecued like Freddie Flakes. He won't get near you. He won't get near you, I promise. You promise. You promise. So what, I just pick Chelsea up here and, and Curse is going to do nothing, huh? No, you lead him to the factory and ride into the trap. Don't they look nice? Oh, there she is. Poor, sweet, dim-witted Max. Our resident retard. What? Chicky choked to death on a cannoli. Do you not remember? You had a brain. You would take it off. Hey! Oh, abusive husbands never change he's slash a, boyfriends or whatever. He's a violent man. Well, he's got a point. She served them cannoli when one of their men, that one dude's brother, was yeah. poisoned by a cannoli. Yeah, but I mean, you know, not all cannolis are going to do that. <laughs> Just ones that are misspelled. <laughs> 
<laughs> he should have known it was an off-brand cannoli yeah, contained it was, some it was arsenic. A, it was a can. Cyanide. It was a can only. So I mean, what do you want? All right. So after this, we see the padding of the dude being followed that we were just mentioning earlier from the plan. I love how this fucking charismatic bastard is using his own daughter, and the whole thing about how he wants his daughter to come be with him is just because she's basically his property as far as he's concerned. Because yeah. he does say, "What's mine is mine." Yeah, that's really fucking evil. What's mine is mine. All right. So the padding's going on as he's following this fucking guy around right before he goes and picks up Chelsea, which he does end up doing. And then once he does, Kersey is still following them all around, all over the place. And they cut away from that and we see this kind of our only gun porn scene in the entire film where the thugs underneath Tommy get to tool up with all these guns. Like a guy, go, one guy grabs double Uzis. The other guy got Kersey's M16 for yeah. the last movie with a rocket launcher or uh-huh. a grenade launcher on it and shit. But, you know, these guys aren't going to make it too long anyway because we have very little time left in the movie and we've got a body count we've got to elevate. And we got a man with plot armor coming right up onto everybody. All sorts of plot armor. They're getting all tooled up under Tommy's orders in this particular mannequin factory that they could afford because they already paid for it so they keep filming there. Exactly. That's why everything happens there. I mean, pretty much. Alright, so Kelsey is dragged out of the car and into this particular factory with Paul following close behind. The thugs are in position, including the one that sounds like Dr. Claw as he talks. <laughs> what? You don't remember that guy? Dr. There was one Claw? of the thugs at the very end where they're talking and like Tommy's barking orders and everything. No, he's I don't like, know who's touched Claw. He's coming. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah Claw from uh, Dr. Claw from uh, Inspector Gadget. Uh, yes. He sounds like Dr. Claw. Kinda, yeah. He's coming. Yes. I'll get you, Kersey. <laughs> Gadget. Yeah. Well, Paul sneaks into the factory and the Dr. Claw guy reports on it step by step because he has the coolest voice of all thugs. Yeah. Pretty much. Kersey. <laughs> you can do that. You don't have to keep talking the whole way through. Yeah. It destroys my vocal cords when I'm doing it. <laughs> and so he tells all the other thugs what's going on over top of the... They're all talking through walkie-talkies and various things. They all start moving into position. Kersey ends up firing up a forklift, keeping with tradition that goes all the way back to Death Wish 2. Yes. Where a forklift is used as a distraction technique by way of destroying something. Goddamn. This particular distraction technique has it crashing into and blowing up a bunch of shit. What ends up happening is it crashes and they all start shooting at that, thinking that he's driving it because he put his jacket on a mannequin. Yes. <laughs> Obvious. Which, given the budget of this movie, you don't know if that's actually supposed to be Kersey driving it or if they just put a mannequin there yeah. for the shots. <laughs> hey, am I going to get reimbursed for that jacket? So they shower that particular forklift with a load of fucking bullets and then they fire a couple of the grenades from the grenade launcher because you have a gun with a grenade launcher and god damn it, you're going to use you it. You better use it. Yeah, and so it explodes everywhere and then Paul ends up using this to his advantage and gets the drop on all three of them. He kills two of the thugs automatically and then shoots one of the guns out of that dude's hand, the guy who had the shotgun. And one of the guys that he shoots, the very last guy, he ends up shooting him up against a fence that got electrified from the crash. It like crashed into the electric box or something yeah. like that with the explosion. I don't know how it happened. It was just fun to see somebody fucking die by electrocution for once. Finally. Something, anything. Well, actually, movie. someone died by electrocution in the last movie, too. Yeah, I'm saying somebody died by electrocution in this movie. Or something. Something yeah, happens. Yeah, yeah. Finally, oh, well, yeah. Is what I'm getting at. But anyway, that guy gets shredded on the electric fence for some reason. It's electrified. Don't sit on or don't piss on the electric fence. It's whiz and you're singing terribly. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, the singing part, yeah, I knew, but I thought I had the words down. The last guy that is left alive who had his gun shot out of his hand is dragged around by Paul as some sort of human shield. And then we see that Tommy finds all of his men are dead or indisposed in some way, shape, or form. And then they cut from that and we see Paul saran wrapping the thug that was left alive as an interrogation technique, which reminds me 
reminds me of the Punisher video game that came out shortly after the Thomas Jane movie. Oh, really? That seems like one of the interrogation techniques that he would I'd use. I never played like, that game. Oh, it's so much fun. Was it? The special interrogations in what that game. What was it for? Which platform? PlayStation 2. Oh, nice. Yeah. I used to play the fuckload out of that game. I would suppose, yeah. Thomas Jane did the voice, but they made the character look like the comic book version of the Punisher. Uh, and the, the special interrogation techniques, one of the things was you would threaten to push somebody's head into like a chroming oh, area nice. in a car shop. Yeah. You would you you had like a fucking drill press where you would drill really close to their eye. Oh, that's fucking. Or awesome. you would start drilling into yeah. their head to freak them out. <laughs> or there was another one where you would dry click a gun in their mouth to make them talk. Nice. Or you do a choking technique, or you just start beating them and stuff. That's awesome. And the better you were at the technique, the quicker they would crack. <laughs> <laughs> and then the only bad part about the PlayStation one is you couldn't kill them right after they gave up the information, even though that's what the Punisher would do. Oh, uh, of course. They took points away when you did that, but I didn't care. I killed but them. You anyway. killed them anyway. <laughs> Good job. You couldn't kill them using the same interrogation technique. You could pick them up and then break their neck and then oh, it would yeah. be fine, but what was the point of that? Uh, yeah, I never even heard of that game. Oh, it was a shitload of fun. Yeah, it sounds like it. All right, so he's suffocating the guy with saran wrap as an interrogation tactic. It works pretty quickly, so Kersey cuts open the saran wrap just enough so the guy can talk, even though his hands are all wrapped up. And then the guy just basically tells him everything that he wants to know. And so Kersey walks him on over to the clothes rack for like a dry cleaners, like rotating rack for clothing, and somehow picks up a man three times times the size and hangs them on the thing. Hey, Bali, don't ever discount what it's like for experience. And then he warns Tommy that he's coming for him by basically telling him so through the walkie-talkie. Yeah. He's coming to kill him. Then the daughter takes off Screaming Paul. She breaks her way free from her biological father, Screaming Paul's name all the while running around. Then we see that the last two thugs that were left on the other side of the building go looking for Paul Kersey. Tommy has a throwdown with his daughter while his his thug Sam murders his buddy hanging from the dry cleaning rack in a panic of bullets. The guy's all wrapped up in saran wrap screaming for help and then Sam just shoots the motherfucker. Yeah. Because he's panicking and he thought that was Kersey. Yep. He is scared by having his name shouted out over and over again. That's part of the reason why he does that. <laughs> Sam runs out of bullets and he begs all fake-like for his life with Paul Kersey. He tries to pull some shit and Paul ends up shooting him. The guy has like a knife or something I think he was trying yeah, to pull out something. or something. That he was going to use on Paul. Yeah. But Paul ends up shooting him, which stops him dead in his tracks that way. And the shot actually blasts him through like a door of some sort or like a trap door. Well, he's got like a shotgun, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And he, it sends the guy flying backwards into an industrial shredder head first. Yeah. Which, again, thank you, movie. Fuck, finally, something uh, interesting. Some fucking good violence here. The guy gets his head shred up like hamburger. It looks yes. like hamburger when it comes out the other end. Yeah. Which was pretty interesting. They cut away from that to the girl being chased by her father father begging for Paul's help. They're dragging this out even further. Paul ends up tripping him and cuts at his face with a beer bottle that he broke just previously, tossing it to the side and asking him how it feels, but he really didn't cut up his face all that much. No. I do believe that if the woman I fell in love with had her face destroyed by somebody's order like this guy. Motherfucker looked like a jigsaw puzzle. He would look like the character of jigsaw, jigsaw yeah. before he got stitched back together when I was done with him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so he tosses the bottle aside, asks him how it feels, and that's when the cops arrive. One cop interrupts them as Tommy knocks Kersey's gun loose, grabs it and shoots the cop and we presume that this kills him. Then Kersey gets the drop on Tommy's character and then Tommy starts begging for his life before Paul shoves him into the acid bath of foreshadowing. The cop is not dead and decides to give Kersey a pass because once again that Charles Bronson charm gets away with crime. Hey! And as Kersey walks away he says if you need any help, give me a call.
Cool. And then he walks off as they roll credits. Wow. Well, even if they needed help, they can't call him now. So yeah, unfortunately, the last Death Wish with Kersey. Yeah, the or last Bronson. Last movie Bronson made was this film. Was this the last Bronson flick too? Yeah. Yeah, kind of a sad chapter to close it out. Yeah. But you know, Robert De Niro is doing kind of the same thing where he's doing paycheck movies. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of stuff that he's been doing where you're like, why, Robert? Why? What are you doing, man? Bad <laughs> grandpa. You when used to be a fucking amazing actor. Yeah. Why are you doing this now? Money. Money. <laughs> Money. Money. Yeah. All right. So I don't really have a lot of great things to talk about this but i will say this that stunt where the guy goes flying through the fucking plane glass window into the restaurant and yep. then the broadside slide into the cop that he goes rolling across the back of the trunk yeah that was amazing the saran wrapping thing where the interrogation to get the guy to talk where you actually see him choking that was kind of interesting yeah the head into the shredder thing was cool oh yeah acid bath foo was yep. cool i liked where he hits him into the acid bath that kind of stuff that was, was cool. uh, yeah the, the the i was hoping we'd see more of the guy melting in the acid bath we saw like like, they didn't have the money, but we saw yeah. enough. It was you enough. saw you saw a part of it, and it looked kind of cool. Yeah. That I suppose the reason why I want to see more of it is it looked cool there. And I was right. like, oh, I, I wish you know, you see more of it because yeah, the minute you saw the acid bath thing, I'm assuming the very beginning, we saw as much of that effect that actually worked, and everything yeah, probably, else they cut away yeah, sucked. Yeah, um, but yeah, because once you see the acid bath at the very beginning, you're like, well, okay, obviously there's going to be somebody going in there. Someone's taking a swim in the acid bath before this movie's over with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There were some really cool parts. It was nice to see a young Sal Rubnik. Uh, aka Artie from Warehouse 13 is like the DA and this is one of his more um, amiable lug type characters who really wants to give people the benefit of the doubt and likes people and is very gentle yeah he's a good guy character yeah and at so, first when I saw this I thought he was going to be the mole right uh, because he can play that kind of character and you're like oh and then well, it, just look at his character in True Romance the, as the sleazy Hollywood producer exactly. who's buying coke exactly like he is so fucking perfect in that role yeah I mean it was awesome yeah uh, but unfortunately the movie had to go racist and uh, make it the other guy. <laughs> Sal Rubnick's character, you kind of get the impression that maybe he's Jewish, so it would have been racist that way too. It would have been. But you wouldn't have had Golan or Globus do that. Yeah. Because they're both like Israel. Mm -hmm, yeah. <laughs> Israel born. They and I are believe Jewish. Israel. <laughs> they are in Israel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's racist. <laughs> Very. But like, you know, that, that character wouldn't have, I don't think they would have made that guy a bad guy, but it is pretty racist to have the Hispanic character be the, the mole or be the guy that's in the pocket of the Irish I mafia. I completely agree. I think it should have been the opposite. I think we should have been thinking it was him the whole the entire time, and then it but it turns out that it was, uh, what's his face, his character At with the white At least throws hair. a swerve, man. Ken Walsh is, Welsh is the character who I felt should have been the bad guy. Yeah. It should have been well, on, on the, the side and Windermere. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I liked obviously the acid bath. I liked the whole ending sequence uh, when we finally got action and it took all the way to the end of the movie. Was it action though or uh, was it, was it filler a, with gunplay? How about this because I've been so we, there was nothing Over leading 50 up to minutes? this. Yeah. yeah. That seemed like an action sequence to me. <laughs> and I, and I at least I enjoyed it. Like you're talking about the guy getting thrown into the shredder and coming up looking like hamburger. That was kind of yeah. cool. That the, the, the acid was cool. At least there was some gunfighting. You know, there was something. Yeah. Until then, y y those earlier stunts were okay, but really. I don't know, man. The guy getting thrown through the restaurant 
Ultron plate glasses the highlight I, I, of the film and, for and, me. Yeah. Uh, and that's fine for you. For me, it was, and, and I'm not saying it probably would have been great. It would have been much better if it wasn't preceded with a uh, 35 uh, to 40 minutes of nothing. Of shit, and then followed by even another few minutes full of shit before. <laughs> There's actual death and yeah. the actual wishing of death happens. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm just saying it was cool, but I'm just like, it wasn't enough to make me go, oh my God, thank God something happened. It, it, it just sat there. I'm like, is it going to happen now? Are you glad right. they at least didn't make a six? Because how much less would have oh my God. Charles Bronson cared at that point? Okay, I'm going to get my walker. I understand you may have taken out my second cousin's third sister's cousin <laughs> twice removed uncles burned their house down. Somebody already actually made that reference from Last Action Hero. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> our, our buddy Chris Cologne from uh, uh, yeah, Two yeah. Strangers, One Podcast yeah, yeah. actually made that reference about Death Wish That's 3. right. I just saw that yeah. too. Yeah. 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 But I mean, that is where they were going. I mean, what else could you do? <laughs> that is the point that these action movies end up getting to. There's yeah. only so much fridging you can do before revenge seems like, dude, why are you even dating anymore? Yeah, why should, maybe you should die. Maybe you should just hire a hooker or yeah. stop fucking dating or yeah, something. Just stay in your house now. <laughs> don't, don't come out. One thing I liked about, uh, it, it just goes off, talking, uh, off topic from the movie, but uh, one thing I liked that they did with the, um, uh, the Incredible Hulk series when they started doing the TV movies and they finally got to one TV, the, the last one, I think, the death of the Incredible Hulk. And Bruce Banner's playing like this broken man, you know, like he's, he's mentally gone. Yeah. And at least made you go, wow, you know, he's not just going place to place to do the same thing over and over, getting himself into situations that he knows going to get him angry. I mean, at least now it looks like it affected him a little bit. Of course, that was all rouge because, you know, he was just faking it, but <laughs> and he still gets himself into a situation where he gets angry. So do you like those TV movies of the Incredible Hulk? I did. You did? I, I know they're really bad, but uh-huh. I love the one with Thor. I love the one with Daredevil. I'm just yeah. I when love you them. say love, <laughs> like you know, nostalgic love, not like uh-huh. critical eye. Uh-huh. This is great. Really? Yeah. Would you have rather watched either of those or both of those than this movie? Yes. Careful what you wish for, because it may be a wish of death, <laughs> and you're going to love it. Oh my god! I'll I'll watch those movies all day long. I love them, man. I'm gonna hold you to that. Okay. While I go find that out of my collection, uh, we're gonna take a little you break. Have all those? I have the Trial of the Incredible Hulk and the death of the Incredible Hulk on DVD. Oh my god. Oh, but not Thor 1. That's sad. That is the trial. No, the trials. Yes, because Daredevil is in the same one with Thor. No, he's not. I guarantee you he is. No, I I bet you he's not. (laughs) How much you want to bet? Because I'll bet you five bucks. Deal. Deal? If they're in the same movie, I promise you. All right, all right. I bet they're not. (laughs) All right, we're going to take a little break here while I prove to him that they are. (laughs) We're going to play a promo for another podcast. We'll have a little bit of music and we come back. We will do the PSYOP News. All right, all right. Welcome to the Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast. Oh, Dave, Dave, hold the phone there, man. This isn't a show. It's a promo. Oh, sorry. Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. Wait, a a porno? With just the three of us? Well, I guess I'm game if you guys are. No, 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 you idiot. A promo. Oh, promo. I I knew that. I was just cracking wise. Okay, can we do this now? Ah, wait, looks like I lost my notes. What are we going to do? Of course. Okay, look, I'll, I'll handle this. All right, everybody, I'm Christian. You may know me from TJF13, this guy over here. That's Dave Z. You may know him from Banana Laser, The Skeleton Crew, the ABCs of Hidden Horror. And this guy, this guy over here, that's Brandon. That's Brandon? That's it? That sucks, man. Yeah, what the hell's with that? There's nothing else you can say? No, not really. Well, he's quick with a joke. Or a light of your smoke. But there's someplace that I'd rather be. Ah, who cares about us? Let's say something about the cast. Okay, cool. 
We're the Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast. We review, dissect, critique, and make fun of horror movies new and old. Sounds a little bit cliche, but I guess it's okay. Dave, why don't you tell them a little bit about some of our big shows, like the 40 Years of Horror, our Top 50 Slashers, even our classic format of pairing a new and an old movie together. Yeah, and how I have to edit like three, four-hour shows twice a month just because we watch and review so damn much. Yeah, and how we do feature-length reviews, shorter-length, round-robin reviews, Top 20 topics, and a lot of fun interaction with listeners. That about covers it. All right, sounds good, guys. I knew we could do it. Tell the fine folks out there where to find us, Dave. Oh, yeah. Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast can be found on Horrorophilia.com, the Horrorophilia Network, LegionPodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and anywhere that fine podcasts are heard. All right, that's a wrap. Now, guys, tell me, what's the deal with this uh, porno? Are you the caboose or the engine? Them's the jokes, folks. fitting for Death Wish 5, yeah, don't you? pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I'm so bored. Dead on. Now, so we looked it up. Um, I owe you five bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah! I can't believe that the shit. fuck with me about my Credible Hulk knowledge. I watched both of those so much as a kid, I swear to God. They must have melded to you. Well, and I think I remember on Saturdays, they used to play them back-to-back on a particular local channel of yeah. mine, and I actually probably as a kid thought they were the same movie. Oh, uh, maybe. Because like I thought like he was going to trial for the thing with Thor, and I thought oh, there was a yeah. team-up that they did at the very end, but yeah, I in my brain, they all three were teamed up in a movie yeah. like from all the way from the childhood yeah. little secret I bought that DVD ages ago never fucking watched it wow because I don't want to know how bad that's gonna be it's probably gonna be real fucking bad yeah so we're gonna have to cover that like as a bonus episode or yeah, some shit like I that agree. we'll do them both at some point and I guess I'll give you five bucks alright but I'll just use your drug abuse to my advantage and you won't remember shit kind of free drugs <laughs> I'll take free drugs over the five bucks alright I'll synthesize you something in the lab <laughs> While I'm working on that, give me some psyop news. Out of North Carolina, it was a barbecue, not an orgy. But a North Carolina man has to <laughs> clarify because of his grinder invitation. <laughs> okay, you ready? <laughs> you ready to get in on some of this? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. He put it on grinder? Yeah. And there's a lot of weighing around. Yeah, probably. Uh, a North Carolina man gained a lot of fans online for making it extra clear he intended to host an all-inclusive party for the 4th of July. Oh, he's looking for wang. Just not that kind of party. And we're back to dicks. Chris Bowman of A. Apex promoted his fifth annual 4th of July barbecue using his profile in the gay meetup app Grinder. Your silicone penis budget is out of control. 
The 61-year-old Army veteran wrote, Barbecue, not an orgy. It's the erection that counts. In the portion of the profile that would normally contain a form of identity. Afraid of vaginas? <laughs> Why do 90% of you think this is an orgy? Bowman asked in the profile. That is it because I'm on this app? Party. That or they just had a bukkake mouth party. <laughs> Isn't that what Grinders for? Yeah, I'm like some, it's for like it's for dudes, dudes who want to meet other dudes, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what it's for. Yeah. So if you're offering someone a party for meat and you're on Grinder, uh, okay. Uh, well, if you're start, on Grinder, you're looking for meat, but not but, in a barbecue fashion. But well, he was just wanting to throw a barbecue. He also sent direct <laughs> messages to nearby <laughs> app users, telling them, "Please feel free to bring your wife, Ooh, partner, is that me getting a metal rod shoved up my rectum, or just a date." This party is open to men, women, families. Pulling it just to he pull said, it. Gay, straight, bi, and the unknown. Circle jerk! The purpose of this barbecue is not for gays and straights, but also black, white, and any race, any sex, and he's saying whatever to bring people together to talk. Something you want to do a little ass play? Do, he said. You want to do a little ass play? Is that what he also said? Yeah, probably. Uh, Matt Setzer of Apex said <laughs> first. His name is Matt. Perfect. No, 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 no. This is a different guy. Oh, this is a different Matt yeah, on Grinder. No, yeah, yeah, apparently. Matt's tie-op on Grinder. <laughs> of Apex said at first he wasn't sure what to think of the invitation. Bowman sent him over the app about a month prior to the June 30th party. Everyone will be coming on my face. <laughs> you receive a lot of random messages and sometimes fans, Setzer said. Countdown to Bukaki. But when he saw there were screenshots of Bowman's grinder profile went viral on Twitter the day before the party and realized it wasn't nearly as sketchy as my as his initial take, I think he might have showed up. Mm, tears are good lube. Probably. I make money from my sex work. <laughs> Setzer talked to his friend Mark <laughs> And to going with him to the barbecue, and they were glad they did. I have the most confused direction right now. He said it was he was surprised that it was the two ended up being the only new faces there, given the reaction to the tweet. That or they just had a bukkake mouth party. He was I can't stress it enough how inclusive everyone was, Setzer said. From the second we walked up, everyone was so welcoming because of the small nature of the group, it felt very personal and everyone felt like family. You want to do a little ass play? Bowman said people from <laughs> Australia to Germany have reached out to him since the viral tweet. He found out that Thursday, his little barbecue has also reached Brazil. Christ, let's go lick some assholes. <laughs> I find it completely unbelievable, but at the same time, I find it fulfilling because people are talking while tweeting about the topic and the purpose of the barbecue. And Bowman there's a lot said. of weighing around. Grinder also tweeted that it would like to contribute to Bowman's Nest bar Mex barbecue. I'm <laughs> blowing this dog to show dominance. <laughs> and I'm going to fuck it to death. Hopefully hundreds and hundreds will attend it, he said. I may need a couple of extra days to prep the food, but I look forward to next year. Ooh, is that me? getting a metal rod shoved up my rectum. There you go. <laughs> you gotta do another one. That was like almost like heartwarming. And I, that's I know, man. That got, that got real heartwarming real quick. It always comes back to dick. This horse sex is a thing. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. I'm a cunt. America is a bunch of cunts. Christ, let's go lick some assholes. Corpse fucking. Finger bang a girl with a corpse hand. Corpse fucking. The loving three-way with a corpse. Corpse fucking. Yeah. All right, next news. Here's the story. All right, of a lovely lady who was bringing up three very lovely girls. Yeah, right. All of them had hair of gold, like their mother, the youngest one on girls. Man, and here's the story so of a man named Brady who was busy with three boys of his own. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hold on. Just, all right, here I we can go. remember that fucking theme song, but I can't remember what happens in the trial of the Incredible Hulk, the right? death of the Incredible Hulk, and the return of the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Fucking uh, embarrassing. Man wasn't drinking while driving, just at stop signs. <laughs> A.K.A. Matt Psyop's life. Pretty much. If you want a fear boner. Indian River County. Earl Stevens Jr. told investigators he wasn't drinking while driving. Instead, he was downing bourbon only while stopped at traffic signals and stop signs. I have the most confused direction right now. Is that what he said to the cop? Yep. Stevens explains, however, didn't keep him out of jail on a DUI charge following the June 27th incident in Vero Beach. An arrest affidavit states. Oh, he was arrested? Yes. You know what that means. Uh You can't pay your bail? Well, I could probably fix that for a blowy. Probably. (laughs) Thanks, Indian River. Yeah, thank you, Fancy. Indian River County Sheriff's officials went to McDonald's in the 700 block of South US 1 in Vero Beach. Shoot some fucking ropes. Per possible (laughs) disturbance. A woman said a vehicle behind her in the drive-thru kept striking her rear bumper. Gotta love a girl who can take a punch. She pointed to the vehicle. (laughs) Jesus. I love how you pause for a second and then like, now forget it. (laughs) Driven by Stevens of Vero, 69 years old of Vero Beach. Afraid of vaginas? Stevens said he never had a valid Florida driver's license. Deputies knows he did have an open bottle of liquor in the brown paper bag. Oh, how cliche. It's the erection that counts. Yeah, in the passenger seat. Steven smelled the booze, saying he felt pretty good. Fucking I got a, buddy. Botox in my scrotum. <laughs> Is that why he felt good? That's probably why he felt good. Uh, he said he was drinking Jim Beam Berman from the bottle in the passenger seat. He said he was drinking at stop sign. Listen, man, all you need is vodka and cigarettes, and the pounds will just come right off. Pretty much. He further explained that he was not drinking while the car was moving, and only only when he stopped for stop signs and traffic signals. And I got a terror, states. and the only solution <laughs> is cock! He said he imbibed actively from Port St. Lucille in to Indian River County. Anytime you're with Tom Atkins, you come. Lots of, Jesus. <laughs> lots of stop signs and traffic signals are between Port St. Louis and Indian River County. Stevens Technically, partic- he wasn't drinking and driving because no. he stopped driving to have a drink. Yes. Countdown to Bukaki. Stevens <laughs> participated in a field sobriety extra and was arrested on charges of DUI and driving without a license. It's like a sprinkler going off. <laughs> uh, at the Indian River County Jail, breath test measured Stevens' blood alcohol content at 0.153 and 0.147. <laughs> Isn't that like I'm dead now? Greater than the .08 legal limit. I would say. Motherfucking. Motherfucker's my hero. Steven said he'd play, <laughs> he had two earlier DUI charges from Missouri. Wow. So there you go. And he's in Florida now? Yeah. That well, makes sense. Oh, is that me getting a metal rod shoved up my rectum? I'm a cunt. <laughs> America's a bunch of cunts. In <laughs> uh, other horse sex news. <laughs> I don't have any horse sex news. This horse sex is a thing. Dave is... Wanting Dave, to know more about Dave it. Dave wants to know more about it, but and I don't have any news. Sex news. I don't have any other horse net sex news. I'm sorry, other me. Finger bang a girl with a corpse hand. I don't. I don't. I don't have any news on that either. Finger bang a girl with a corpse hand. I can't. Okay? I'm advocating corpse fucking here. We know. Finger bang a girl with a corpse hand. It's probably a thing. It's a thing. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> All right, so it's time to pull the plug on the Death Wish franchise, starring Charles Bronson as yes, Paul Kersey. Because we have one more left. I hate that. I know. Buddy, me too. Who in the fuck took my paper clip? Hey, but don't worry about it. This is gonna be so better because it's gonna be with Bruce Willis. It's Sunday's my birthday, and I don't want to go to a mental hospital. <laughs> 
<laughs> but why not? It's only a movie. It's only a movie. Who is that guy? I don't know. But whoever he was, he's weird and pissed off. <laughs> what was that from again? That was from the raid. Is that okay? Yeah. Stick your cock up her ass, you motherfucking worthless cocksucker. Wow. Who is that guy? I don't know. But whoever he was, he's weird and pissed off. <laughs> weird and pissed off. You're a loser. Oh, I'm determined you. to have your brain. Ooh. <laughs> All right, let's just wrap up this fucking yeah, show. Yeah, man. I've had enough, too. We've, we've done enough. We're going to play one more promo for yet another podcast, and we'll have a little bit of music when we come back. We will close out the Paul Kersey starred by Charles Bronson leg of this full franchise fest. Hollywood released the first sequel in 1916. I'm sure you can all say it along with me. Los Locos kick your butt. Los Locos kick your face. Los Locos kick your balls into outer space. Which is poetry. Yeah, right it is. There. But not oh. enough gangs have theme songs. And they've been churning them out ever since. Uh, the Catcher, played by Tom Bergeron, whose name is... Tom Berenger. Tom Berenger. Did I say Tom, Tom Berenger? You said Tom, Tom Bergeron. Bergeron from Dancing with the Stars is in this movie. Hi, I'm the catcher. (laughs) How do you sort out the good? Fred is the real hero of this movie. Oh, He's employing the homeless. He's getting back on their feet. Yeah. And he promised them uh, McDonald's. From the bad. Usually he's crying a lot more when he's making this much (laughs) sexual small talk with a woman. Yeah. Uh, So kudos to him for keeping it together. From the ugly. True fact, at this point in the movie, I wrote pointless, pointless, pointless. (laughs) (laughs) I had written birds, birds. Birds, birds. I think I threw my notebook like what three times? Yeah, like at the end I was having you put it back into your hand. But I wrote birds, birds, birds. (laughs) Join Brad and Jeremy. So so Snoo Sue sneaks out. Yep, Snoo sneaks. I couldn't say Snoo sneaks. Snoo sneaks out. (laughs) Snoo sneaks out. Snoo sneaks out to go find the military. So, yeah, so Sue sneaks out, she sneaks out. <laughs> to, to go talk to the Silver Surfer because she wants to figure out <laughs> to the Silver Surfer. Can this Silver Surfer? <laughs> I think we completely lost it. <laughs> oh, I eat episodes in. I think we were just I think we're crazy. Good night, folks. On the Deuce Podcast. Check us out on Facebook at thedeucepodcast.podbean.com, Stitcher, iTunes, or Google Play. Well, I've never touched a bra before. Don't don't yell at me. You've never touched a bra? Well, I mean, whatever. I've moved. I mean, I don't. No, I don't shop for... Just shut up. (laughs) And remember, the sequel is king.
little death or glory, whichever one you're going to wish for. I hope you can find it out there. (laughs) (laughs) I figured it was a good way to close out this particular episode since it was mostly kind of a downer, but us probably bitching about how much it's like been torment and pain for us. Yes. I'm sure our sadistic fans will enjoy these last few shows. Yeah. They particularly love it when you suffer, but I don't know if they like it when I suffer. I think they like me more than you and they just want to hear you suffer. No, I'm pretty sure they don't mind when you suffer. Yeah. I think everybody likes it when we're in pain for the show. I think so. Yeah. This was just bad. It was just not a good movie. It was not yeah. a good movie. It was clearly just thrown together and they didn't care. And it's really sad that this was his last film. This is at the end. But it's not the complete end because we're going to have yet another fallen star doing a Death Wish movie I next know, week. right? <laughs> and you're doing the notes on that one. Oh, so what yeah. a clusterfuck that show is going to oh, be. Oh, that's going to be such a fucking mess. Well, folks, if you are going to forgive us our trespasses while we forgive those who trespass against us. <laughs> Lead us not to temptation. But deliver us unto Teespring where you can support the show while you support the show. Yes. <laughs> teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash cinema dash psyops. Get yourself some of that merch. Yeah, we need some more equipment, man. Matt is overdriving the already distorting as fuck compressors. I'm going to try and swap that shit out, but man, we got some other stuff that's starting to go down on us too. The gates aren't working like they used to, and man, I can't deliver the kind of show that you guys are used to without a little bit of help. I'm not asking for Patreon. I'm not asking for straight up donations. I'm offering merch, and you can donate to the show. Come on, folks. It's out there. And if the shirts that aren't there right now aren't good enough for you, like, let me know what design you want. I'll, I'll accommodate. I, I got to get a little help here to get this we'll, show taken care of. We'll do whatever you need. <laughs> Matt will give you a blowy behind a dumpster for 10 bucks to help the show. Well, if you can't pay your bail, I mean, <laughs> you can probably can fix, fix that, that for, for a blowy. blowy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can find us on our main landing slash launching page, legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops. You can find us on Facebook where we have a group cinema psyops with some of the weirdest, most insane alternative photography I love that I've ever seen. The Bob Euchre, man. That was awesome. <laughs> it's amazing that just some offhand bullshit thing oh, just becomes a meme for us. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> just because I did an okay Bob Euchre impression yeah, yeah. and we start talking about Christ, it. Christ, I can't find it. What the hell with it? <laughs> you can also find me on Facebook. I am Court Psyops. You can find Matt on Facebook. He is Matt Psyop. You can also email feedback to Matt, psyopmatt at gmail.com, where you can send him photos of boobies. Yes, please <laughs> do. Email feedback to Court, cinemasyopscourt at gmail.com where you can hook up and just make a straight donation to get him to shut the fuck up about how he needs new equipment. No, yeah. <laughs> I'll take your mama's teeth. They got gold in them. I don't care. <laughs> you really would, too. I would. Yeah. I'll melt that shit down. I'll yeah. smelt it. Yeah. <laughs> he who smelt it, dealt it. <laughs> <laughs> dealt it has got a new compressor, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, and some fucking gating to help. Uh, basically, and I need something to help contain Matt's voice because if, no normal equipment can do it and if, digital won't do it. If you do get us your grandmother's teeth with gold. Or mother, we don't care. Or mother. We will always give them a shout out right before the show. We'll say this show brought to you by your (laughs) so-and-so's mama's mama's teeth. (laughs) This show brought to you by your mama's teeth. (laughs) You can find us on Twitter where you can twit a couple of tweets to a couple of twats of your nude shots. I'm at court underscore psyop and Matt is at psyop Matt. I'm going to leave this particular person unnamed, but I have actually had a few nude photos slid into my DMs. Not from the person in particular, but Uh-oh. just a feed that they also admired. Oh, okay. So they, so wink, wink, nudge, nudge, thank you. They, named, they DM'd you a nude of someone else. Well, there's a Twitter feed of a particular porn star that they are a pretty big fan of. Oh, they're into? It's like a classic porn star. Oh, okay. And they're, they're posting classic photos of yeah. themselves. Oh, this yeah. particular porn star. And That's anyone, nice. that, anyone that catches that particular person's eye, they link me to it in a, a sly little DM going, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> nudge, nudge, know what I mean? Say no more, say no yeah. more. <laughs> so you know who you are out there, and thank yeah. you very much for well that. Well done. Yeah. 
<laughs> it brightens my afternoons. Yeah, way to go. I'm looking at that in the middle of work when I totally shouldn't yeah, be. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's on my phone. It's all good. <laughs> During a meeting with your manager, Court, can you stop looking at porn, please? <laughs> could you please stop showing that to me? <laughs> Court, this is highly, highly irregular. Well, folks, if you're out there collecting your own group of HR violations, make sure you kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch. Once again, Paul Kersey. That's right. He's going to find somebody else to get murdered so he goes on a vengeance spree. Death Wish 5. Death Year Wish Year. <laughs> wish Year Wash Year. Wish Year Wash Year. Death Year Wish Year. <laughs> there wasn't a premiere. This was straight to uh, Yeah. It, yeah, it had to have been. You're right. I don't think this ever saw a theater. Yeah. I mean, it was playing in my home theater on my TV while I took notes. <laughs> yeah. That's the closest to a theater. I didn't got. put it on my screen. Yeah. <laughs> and I couldn't find it outside of a fucking shitty DVD that was used. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was full screen. But it's the face of death. <laughs> and I guarantee you, I will be giving this away. I'm going to donate yeah. it to Goodwill or some shit when I'm done with it. It's... I'm at least keeping the Blu-ray from four. Here's one thing. You could take it into Walmart and put it in one of their little bins and they'd still arrest you for dropping off something no one wants. <laughs> it's technically littering. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, no outside trash, please. <laughs> Girls with six breasts. Fuck it, awesome. <laughs> All right. So, like, three in the front and three in the back for dancing? Yes. All right. <laughs> Are you like dog women? I don't know. I don't know. We've got a... I thought it was five. I was into five. You said five. I said there's my fetish. <laughs> Probably more like three. Total recall. Yeah, but the third one should be on the back for dancing, just like Al Bundy always <laughs> says. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> God. Anything not to talk about this movie. Yeah. Um, Kersey killed the first extraterrestrial alien because it was a face hugger, and it, and Kersey considers that rape. So, Kersey <laughs> killed it, and that's why he's in protective custody. It is rape. If a it face, is rape. If something shoves something into your body into an yeah. orifice and leaves I, a baby behind you. of some I'm sort, just saying, I'm just saying that's, that's rape. I, I agree with you. I'm just saying that Kersey also agrees with us on that. And Kersey, as you know, does not like that. So, Kersey actually killed all the aliens, <laughs> and that's the plot of Alien Three, or how it should have. Been. Yeah, that's exactly what Alien 3 should have been. Instead hey. of Escape to the Prison Planet. Hey, Pally, heard your blood is acid. Well, I guess we're going to acid down this entire building. I don't know. Acid wash would have been funnier. Oh, uh, that would have been way you better. fucking suck. I fucked that up real bad. <laughs> I'm not even going to let you fix it. You <laughs> no, just have to no, live with that no, joke. I, I wouldn't expect you to let me fix that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, acid wash. Fuck. <laughs> I know. I'm brilliant. Uh, <laughs> and you're an idiot. Well, <laughs> let's cool down to the brilliant 
part. Oh, yeah, sure. Right. I didn't come up with all of this wonderful stuff and make this show happen. You know, it was all your talent. I'm saying you're tenacious, but you're brilliant. <laughs> Bonus points for correctly using tenacious, I suppose. <laughs> Thank you. Not that I won't look it up later and make sure that you did, and if you didn't, I'll cut that part out. I know, I know. Webster's Dictionary says I'm right. No, fuck Webster's. They're fucking liars. Fake news. <laughs> you don't have notes. I have notes on my phone, man. <laughs> I, I always write down characters' names when I'm not doing the notes, so I know who you're talking about. <laughs> because I make up my own because names. You make up your, and see, I make up my own names, too, but I know at least who I'm talking about. See, I just don't know. You have a key for that? <laughs> I have a key. We, that, that should be our year four thing. Yeah. Whenever I'm covering stuff, you get all the character names. Yeah, I'll get all the character names. And when you're like, so, uh, wide-eyed, crazy-looking, with no hair bastard. Oh, you mean Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Whatever. <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Whatever his fucking name well, is. Well, you're right, Court, because the killer did fuck him right after that. <laughs> it sounds like my kind of movie. What movie are we talking about <laughs> I don't there? know, man. It's certainly more interesting than Death Wish 5. <laughs> really? It's, it's called... So I'm many outtakes. Yeah, I know, right? It's called... So many outtakes. It's good. Hey, look, it's the killer, and I think he's after fucking Paul. <laughs> that sounds interesting. <laughs> I like your ideas and want to subscribe to your newsletter. <laughs> Listen, I can't make a movie, but I could come up with a good title of one. A jazz band performing at a restaurant like I couldn't hate what's going on in the movie anymore. Right. Why did I write that down? Jesus, i angry. You are angry. All the time. At this I love, I love how I'm devilish. even more amazed at how angry I get when I write notes. Well, you were probably not, like, I don't when was the last time you had slept before you did the notes? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah I was yeah. tired. I'm, I'm not even sure you remember watching Death Wish 5 as of right now. I have the notes, so clearly I had to have well, done it. You watched it. I'm just saying you don't remember it. That level of sleep, de sleep deprivation is fucking all right so we might as well let the cat out of the bag yeah. we're recording this the monday after the 24-hour joe bob marathon on shutter where i got about two hours of sleep max <laughs> you look great you look great you don't look like death warmed over at all well i'm i have insomnia dude i'm so used to not sleeping everyone's saying help i think cord's dying in front of me <laughs> boy this is gonna be fun to cut uh-huh it's a lot of violence against women still, so, I mean, it's still gross. Yeah, and it's all stuff that you should not masturbate to, but Matt still did. I did not. <laughs> That's not my deal. You did not not? I, I did not masturbate to this. You now, did not not. Was there any drug use in this? Because that, I, I, like, all the drug use, I'll, I'll masturbate to that all day long clip. <laughs> and I'm going to rework it uh -huh. where I said that, that you did masturbate to it, and then I'm going to just put you saying I'll masturbate to that all night long. <laughs> just because that's how it works. That's that's how I run Barter Town. Hey, that, that's not even real, though. The real ones are better. Well, no, I don't care. I, I know you don't. <laughs> Wrapped up like the invisible man with bandages. I'm a human being. <laughs> that's the elephant man. Yes, yes, that is the elephant man. Yeah. You don't know your classic quote-unquote monsters slash I was trying to do something mythologized pain. actual people. Pain, okay. So with, with bandaged up, you know, trade the elephant. You, you could have done... Fucked up face. I don't know, just off the top of my head, you could have done the Hellraiser line of Don't look at me. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good one, too. <laughs> Once again, brilliance. You, you just see more movies than I have. Nah, tomato, tomato. <laughs> hey, listen, I know what a bug sounds like on a phone. Someone's listening. I installed a lot of them in my last movie. He did? Yeah? Yeah, he was like fucking James Bond. Only at one point, I had to kill a guy while I was bugging his house. We didn't get much info from him. I wasn't very good at bugging, I guess. <laughs> I kind of just sat around, lunged around a bit, went through his drawers. <laughs> Check I checked out some of his booze he had in there. He had a pretty good movie collection. <laughs> but he was a horrible misogynist that talked horrible shit to his wife. Then I came to find out uh, that was kind of the thing. She was into it. But it was too late because I already <laughs> threw him from his penthouse apartment. But it was too late. He was dead. So no dice. <laughs>
It's not cannoli. It's cannoli. Yeah. Well, it wasn't like a cannoli. Can dash oli. Yeah. That's what I want to see some fucking alternative photography. Of. Yeah, right? Candoli. A candoli. <laughs> a cannoli. All right. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. This is the level of movie that we have here. Yeah. They can't even spell cannoli this right is on the fake this, newspaper. This is always the, the best part about doing franchise. Fe- no, maybe not the best, but this is always one of the most interesting part about doing franchise fest when we, when we get ready to do them is it always starts out so strong yeah. and with really thought-provoking conversation and then as it delves we get to this a word cannoli 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 cannolis it gets to the point where we get this oh fuck this attitude because the people making the movie are like oh fuck but this they're this, doing it for money at this point there's, cash grab there's very few of the franchises that ends up going that route yeah I mean like the only one I can really think of is like Evil Dead even the TV series they made from that was fucking great. Yeah, Evil Dead. Our, our Evil Dead franchise was was, was really good because it kind of got always, better. It kind of yeah. got better with each movie. Yeah, they with kept each adding one, more we, money to it. Yeah, yeah, I mean everything was fine with that. Yeah. Although some people would argue which one's their favorite and whether or not they like the remake. There was yeah. more money thrown at it and it was better production values and we found more interesting things to talk about in each one. Yeah, yeah. I like the Death Wish series. Ugh, fuck this. I mean, children are fucking useless anyway, but still. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> Some of our listeners have kids. Some of our listeners are kids. Yeah, I know, right? That's another one. Your parents didn't want you, and they don't actually love you. They just put up with you because they're legally obligated to. Holy fuck. <laughs> Damn, man. That's what Death Wish 5 has done to me. <laughs> There's a line in the stand. Court standing on our... Parents don't actually love their kids. They're just obligated to take care of them. Dude, not everyone's like your parents. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing could be my father from the truth. Oh God, here we go again. You gonna get another tattoo? Yes. Oh no. Soon I will be covered from head to toe. On your face. <laughs> it's gonna say I hate Death Wish Five. <laughs> and my dad. <laughs> but mostly Death Wish Five. <laughs> but mostly Death Wish Five. You okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm just fine. I, 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 no, it wasn't even heartburn. I was just I had an itch and a yawn at the same time. So it looked probably fucking weird. That's the international sign for <laughs> my heart is killing me. What the hell? Or but either that's it's either wow. I'm dying or sorry I have an itch and I'm yawning at the same time well with Death Wish 5 it's so hard to tell it is really is and look at me being concerned for your well-being I know look at you to that all day long.